you don't listen to Steezy's Trap House, you suck. No. <laughs> now I have to ask because you're uh, because you're doing this specifically. I used to do my friend and I back in high school. My smoking partner, his name's Ross. We used to swear by this that if you are not rapping and uh, you're not doing what we would call interpretive raps. So if you're not rapping and using your hands, hands. also to like to explain what you're saying, then you're not doing right, nope. shit. Nope. <laughs> You're just saying words, bro. Exactly. You're just saying words. Yes. No, so bro. we would literally have competitions between him <laughs> and me to see who could interpretive rap the best. <laughs> so like when you when you said <laughs> But like when you said like when you said all this, like that's that's the first thing I thought in my mind. I was like I was like, <laughs> I still talk to him about this to this day. Interpretive I'm, freestyling. I'll, I'll fuck with it. I'll take I'll take like a video of myself just like rapping somebody else's shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like try to make it look as <laughs> As descriptive as I can with my hands. That's fucking great. And I'll send him videos of this <laughs> That's shit. That's fucking great. Oh, yeah. yeah we <laughs> I just have these images of you doing the same thing. <laughs> We're so happy that you downloaded. Yo, 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 what's going on out there, world? How we doing and shit? Welcome to Steezy's Trap House. This is your boy, Steezy, and it is show motherfucking number 295. God damn it. Glad to, glad to be here on episode 295. God damn it. If you people just knew what the fuck just happened. Oh, man. Well, the Patriots uh, lost to the Dolphins. That's they, what oh. happened. That that definitely did happen. That definitely did happen as well. That's good. But uh, you know, just uh, I did. I got to express myself verbally to my friends here and show them my podcasting chops because I am a podcasting grandmaster, uh, if you will. Agreed. You know, and we fully started the episode, and I realized that my recording program stopped recording in the middle of it. So. Second chance for me. Yes, this is true. Also, second chance for me because I fucked up quite a few things before we even started. So, you know, second chances all around here. Yeah, gang, 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 gang. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, oh boy. It is your boy, Steezy. It is show number 295. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Not really. It's been kind of rainy on and off, but, you know, I, yeah. I fuck with the rain. Better, better than snow nice, you know. Big fucking facts. And that other voice you hear across from me, first time in the trap house, first time on a trap house mic, we've got the man, the myth, the legend. We got cosmic anarchy in this bitch. Yep, glad to be here. Yes, indeed. Very Pl- glad. Please shout out your social media and your content, sir. Instagram, cosmic underscore anarchy. Twitter at anarchy beats. Facebook, cosmic anarchy. And you can find me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Apple Music, and like 17 other platforms as well at cosmic anarchy. Uh, we got a lot of new music coming soon. And I'm also learning from our first go around before I get into it. Hit your merch. Yeah, I got I got a uh, merch site, Top Level Goods slash Cosmic Anarchy. Got a lot of items on there. Anything you could want, really. Including the hooded blanket that we talked yes. about the first time around. Yes, the hooded blanket definitely is the highlight of the of the website. 
but there's also framed pictures and a bunch of other random bullshit. I'm kind of sad now because now my organic reaction to hearing that there's such things as a hooded blanket, it's like that's just gone forever now. It's just, you I, know, yeah, it's, you know, def- definitely. It makes me a little sad. I'm, <sighs> I was I was really hyped on that you hooded were, blanket you, the first time yeah, around. We had, we had a great energy off the hooded blanket. Not that I'm not hyped on it the second time around. It's just not the same, you know. It is the same. No, you're, you're, you got you got the energy. That's not. It's not. We also have a, a third party sitting in as well. We've got a we've got a good friend as well sitting in. I'm gonna let Special you introduce guest. yourself. A beautiful girlfriend. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> are you just gonna, are you gonna introduce yourself with a name, or are you just going to be the beautiful girlfriend? I'll, I'll, I'll take the alias. Okay, uh, bet. All right, you're gonna be BG over there. BGs, bubble guts. That was fast. That was I. I went in on that fast, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how beautiful girlfriend turns to bubble guts so quickly. It's true. Yeah, it is. Nothing sacred anymore. No, nothing is <laughs> sacred. No, nothing at all. You can subscribe to the show, download for free, and listen for free as always. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any of those lovely services, and of course, obviously on our shitty, shitty-ass website that has not changed since I made it four years ago. Feel free to enjoy my puke green background on my website. And it's lime green. Come on, you got to compliment it. It's like, uh, it's like somewhere in between puke and lime. It's like... A lemon. Let me pull it up right now, actually, and let's all, let's all comment on what we think it is specifically because I don't really think it's actually... I don't really think it's actually puke, but I don't think it's lime either. Like, look at this. So that's more like a. See, it's not lime. It's like Spotify green. It, it kind of is like Spotify green. Well, actually, I don't know because I got the Spotify open right now. See, you can see the little icon there. Is it like Spotify green? It's a little lighter. I was thinking it's Spotify like, green. It's like Irish Absolutely. and Spotify. It's like Irish Spotify. I'd say Irish. Yeah. That's it. We're going to go with luck of the Irish green, or like Lucky Charms green, maybe. Yeah. Leprechaun green? Leprechaun green works for me. Potato green. Yeah, it's like potato famine travel to America. Exactly. Yes, yes. You've got me. You've got me. Or like green tomato green, maybe. Eh. Eh. Either way, it's still a shitty-ass website. But you can download the podcast on it. That's all that matters. I mean, mean, the the tagline is pure disappointment since 1990. (laughs) You already know. You already know. Yes, you (laughs) you can download, subscribe to the show for free, as always, on the website, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any of those lovely services. You can find the social media, Twitter at Steezy Trap House, Instagram at STH Show, Facebook, like the Facebook page, join the Facebook group. It's called STH Show as well. You can use our Amazon link if you'd like to support the show. Anytime you buy anything on Amazon, when you click that link, it kicks us some money back from your purchase. Doesn't cost you anything extra whatsoever, so please feel free to do that. Feel free to bookmark that link in your browser because it makes it so much easier. Because you don't even have to type Amazon into your browser when you're going to go, you know, buy some shit. You just click the motherfucking link right there. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, if you're not utilizing bookmarks at this point, what are you doing? Exactly. That's what like, I'm saying. It's just, it's Honestly, it's just simplifying your yeah. life a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, we're in fucking 2019, about to be 2020. That's crazy. 20s coming back. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This is the last Sunday before the 20s. It is. It is. And we're doing this. We've uh, we, <laughs> we've wasted a, a good hour just looking at uh, electronics, just wondering what's happening. Well, excuse me, not we. Define wasted. I. <laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. We had good conversation exactly. beforehand. We're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. And you guys got to see me, uh, you know, 
fits a little bit, you know. I mean, I, re- acting and reacting under pressure is a big thing that defines people, and you handle it gracefully. Well, thank you. I appreciate you know I mean? that. I also feel like I didn't give that uh that Schwitz like a good Jewish accent there, like a Schwitz. You, you didn't. Yeah, you gotta you gotta commit. You, gotta you commit. got you didn't really see me like but you didn't see me like you know Schwitz before. Like, oh Schwitz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Schwitz. Oh like damn it. New Year's. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just glad that I got it out now, at least before New Year's, because I don't want it on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I want definitely. I want nothing but smooth sailing on definitely. those days. Well, I'm, I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could assist. I'm, I'm glad you could too. Genuinely, I feel much better about myself now after the Schwitz. It's it's, uh, it's good times. Good times. You got the Schwitz. Ah, <sighs> sigh. Dolphins won. That's all I got to keep telling myself. Dolphins won. You'll love to see it. Exactly. You can also buy a t-shirt off our represent site, represent.com slash store slash STH show. Buy a blouse. Buy some sort of item for your baby if you'd like. If you have a baby or if you're thinking about getting a baby. Good luck if you've yeah. got a baby. Yeah, good Gen- for real. Genuinely for you out there. For real. Good luck on that shit. But, you know, at the same time, adorn your little hellion child with some trap house gear. Throw a fucking logo on that little guy. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Come on. You know, really accustom him to American culture right off the bat, out of the womb. Or her, excuse me, or her, right out the womb with, by putting a logo right on that motherfucker. Yep. Consumerism. Trap house onesies. You done know. And last but not least, you can also send a question to the show to be answered on the show live if you'd like. You can email that over to steeziestraphouse at gmail.com. You can also record a voice note on your phone and send that over and I will play it live on the show and I will promptly make fun of whatever dumb shit you said so will I on the show yes exactly <laughs> that's what I'm saying so send them bitches over it's trap house at gmail.com and I've got a little burpee coming and I'm going to talk a little fast so I can run this guy out yeah yeah oh that felt good and you can also send me a request for one free sticker if you'd like one free sticker to any of the social medias or the email, I'll send you one free sticker and that's it. Boom. Done with the plugs. Boo fucking yeah. My God. Yup. So you're seeing me like right now in recovery mode after the whole situation that happened 10 minutes ago. Just playing it all off like none of it happened. I mean, dude, it didn't happen. We're good. Yeah. We're moving right along right now. Chilling, you know. But you like how I keep bringing it up, you know, because this this is my, uh, these are my defense mechanisms. This is how I deal with the the frustration of all of my equipment failing around me. And, you know, it doesn't just. I mean, these headphones work great the whole time. That's true. And also, you know. I like how I first first thing I blamed it on was the equipment and not myself not plugging in the mixer in the first place. Well, so. I mean, <laughs> at least it's the first step in the recovery mode. Because so. <laughs> uh, people at home, yes, believe it or not, I definitely did not plug in the mixer before we started doing this. And I was just like, wow, nothing's working. What's happening? Okay, this is new. Been doing this for almost 300 episodes. Like, usually this works. It's not working. Yeah, <sighs> whatever. Anyways. God damn it. Such is life. You know, such is life. Thank you for bringing over the beer. I appreciate it because that made over my that made my situation a little a little easier to deal with. Cool. Anyways. I'm glad to be a <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> how's your day going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh yeah, we woke up earlier. Got back from a long weekend. 
traveling around. Spent the day in St. Augustine yesterday. I was gonna say that was at the amphitheater, right? No, we the uh, the show actually we saw on Friday was uh, in Jacksonville, so we went to Sun Squabby mm. and Daily Bread in Jacksonville at 1904. That was the venue. Cool little vibes. Sun Squabby was killing it. Daily Bread was really dope. Daily Bread just dropped a new album, so it was cool to hear some of those tunes out. And fire. He makes a lot of good hip hop. Incorporates a lot of good samples, so we really enjoyed that shit. Very fire. But yeah, I mean, yesterday we were driving back trying to get food, so I went to St. Augustine. You know, got some lunch there. Ah. Uh, Walked around the historic district, drank some beer on a uh, tavern uh, porch top that had been there since like the 1600s. So that was kind of fun. That's pretty dope. Yeah, St. Augustine was founded in what, like 1967. Or 1567. <laughs> My apologies. It's 50 years ago. <laughs> no, it's 1567. <laughs> last last time I went to St. Augustine, we got so drunk that we didn't even go do anything at all. I mean, the amphitheater there is really awesome, too, if you've ever been to that venue. Amphitheater is fire. I yeah. saw Wu-Tang there, actually. Wow. Yes. That's nuts. Yes. Yeah, Twi- 1565 for St. Augustine. 25th anniversary of Wu-Tang at the uh, St. Augustine Amphitheater. Yeah, I've been, I've been there for a few shows. Saw Lettuce there when they used to do Fool's Paradise there. Didn't you say that you saw you were at the STS9 show there? Yeah, we. I went to <sighs> STS9, uh, drove down there. I was supposed to go to that shit. That was actually quite an interesting weekend for me because I had driven up that uh, Friday for Pass the Good, which was a festival that used to happen in Pensacola. Yes, know about indeed. It. My homies used to put that on. Yeah, so I played it that, uh, that, that year. This would have been 2017. I was uh, performing at Pass the Good, so I drove up for Pass the Good, but then there was a hurricane coming, and we were literally like 50, 50 miles out of town on this dirt road, down in the dirt road, it's like a river valley, and I was camping down there. I was like, nah, I'm not sticking around. So I played my set, then Friday night, got to see the Whittler play. Truth was there. It was, it was a good festival. Little, little fun vibes. You had a Danley rig that was humming. No sound ordinance. But then the next morning we woke up, heard the hurricane was coming. We were like, fuck this. Fuck this. So we drove to St. Augustine and we went to STS9 that night. And uh, that was a good show. Yeah, they, they crushed it, honestly. They I mean, that fun. sounds about right. I mean, if there's a hurricane coming, Pensacola is not the I'm place not you want to be. I was headed right for us and people yeah. were talking about it. I'm like, why am I going to stay out here in the fucking woods? Nope. <laughs> like, I'm just going to get on the road. Nope. Go to the opposite coast and get out of here. Yeah, why would I stay out here and potentially die? There's, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so Tribe there was a really good show, though. They they always crush it though. That makes me sad that I wasn't there. I can't remember why I didn't get to. Wasn't that like on a Sunday night or some shit? It was a Saturday night, I, th- I believe. <sighs> this frustrates me even more because I definitely probably should have just went. Uh, Daily Bread was actually at that show as well. Ah oh, man. And Jake's Kato opened the f- opening act. We missed his set though. These are all frustrating things for me to hear. Not the not the missing of the. What's well, really just, frustrating just is that lettuce doesn't do their event there anymore because Fool's Paradise was one of the most fun events in Florida. And lettuce is so goddamn good. Yeah, and, and now it's really transitioned into like Brinquility still happens around the same time, but that's at Suwanee, you know, so that's yep. going to be its own vibe and a half. But the St. Augustine Amphitheater is just a really cool place. Like it definitely is. Some, I feel like it could be utilized better. Like you could definitely throw a fat tipper show there. Oh hell yeah! And, and vibes like that, you know, like you could definitely do some dope events there, but no one's doing it. That's the thing that I kind of realized about Tipper this year, going to Tipper and Friends. I was just like, man, there's a reason why there's only one stage for this whole weekend. Well, it's a better way to do an event, to be honest. Like, you you put two stages every, over the course of the campground. People are going to be split. And if you book a great lineup, both stages are going to be great, you know? Yep. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're an event on that size of people and you have one stage that's just going great, there's no need for anything else, literally, because you start the day, you know? 
two, three o'clock in the afternoon, you go till midnight, and then yep. that's, that's when you can have a bunch of shit open up at night. Exactly. You know, there could be five or six people in the campground doing their own thing. Exactly. But it works better because then everyone's just going to see all the artists the whole weekend. There's no excuse to miss anyone. There's not even any, like, let's go to this stage, let's go to this stage, like, which everyone hates playing that game. Yeah, man. Like, we've talked that, about this. That's why we just, at points, you just got to walk away. Like, yeah, man, most definitely. That's why I started bringing walkie talkies with me to festivals because I was just like, okay. I got a burner phone from Walmart. <laughs> For that purpose? Straight up. Wait, okay. Did it, did it well, work, I actually though? had the burner phone. It did, wasn't like for your phone. Did you activate it at Walmart? It did act as a walkie-talkie. Wait, so hold on. So what bur- what service are you using on a burner phone, though? Because I don't know. Probably like, like Cricket Wireless or some bullshit. Walmart. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, yeah, because I'm telling you right now, the fucking service that I pay for already all the time is already shit. So I, I don't use burner phones because I'm an upstanding individual who doesn't engage Yeah, we all in, pay our taxes. Yeah, yeah, I don't Yeah, exactly. I, I don't engage in CD activities that require burner phones. It wasn't CD, it was a walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. So, I don't know the service that comes along with these burner phones. Are these reliable? What these these youths are using today? I've never heard of using a burner phone unless it's like in the movies, so is this an actual term, burner phone? I don't know. I'm an older individual, so I don't really know these things. No, in all seriousness, no, I've never actually used a burner phone, for real. Yeah, same. So I, I don't know, like, is, this, is the service on a burner phone, like, reliable, though, for real? Is, that, is that, that looks like a yes. That's a yes. It's confirmed it's reliable. <laughs> that yes there at the end was, like, the, that was the most, like, lackadaisical yes. It was, it was like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it or was it not, you know? It's kind of like it was like in the middle, I guess. No, I mean the yes. Was it a yes or a no? I mean if it's like if it's in the middle, it's probably better than my own phone because now that I use fucking sprint at anything, I got nothing, man. See, I'm lucky, I'm on Verizon. <sighs> my dad in the military, so we got a plan. I'm going back un- to Verizon. Un- un- unlimited data for I pay, I pay like twenty five a month. What the fuck? But I'm on like a family plan, it's pretty lit. Well, I was on. I'm still on a family plan. Yeah, but we. It's, I just it's, pay my. I pay my part. If there's anyone in your family that's been in the military, they can get a really good deal for like ten lines. And Why don't pay not a lot? My fucking parents know about this because my father is in the navy. Literally, tell your mom or whoever does your phone to look it up because it saved us a lot of money. Okay, we're talking about this right you after the like, show. You get like eight lines for like everyone ends up paying like twenty, thirty bucks a month. Yeah, that's what I need. Unlimited <laughs> everything. That's what I need with Verizon service and the unlimited. And all data. you need is just to have a veteran that's setting it up. Okay, sounds fucking good to me. <laughs> Glad to make that happen. I'm about to put them on. Yeah, Verizon's pretty good. I don't think they're the best, but they're good. I don't know who's the best. I think they all suck. I think Verizon is honestly the best, sadly. Yeah, Service-wise, it's probably the best. Because yeah. we had Verizon for the longest before we switched to Sprint like two years ago. And when my parents were telling me that, because I've always done this. I've always just stayed on their shit and just paid my part because it's just so much easier that way. Oh, 100%. And uh, when they told me they were switching to Sprint with my work phone that I have, my work company uses Sprint. So I told them before like, they before don't, uh, don't before they this. finalized it, I was like, yo, I'm telling you right now, there will be issues. There will be blood like Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. but it will be with our phones. There and will be no service. It's, oh, not, it's not going to Shout be good. Out. It's not going to be fucking good at all. I'm telling you people right now. Did they listen to me? No. Six months later into the contract, my mom was like, oh my God, these phones suck. And I'm just like, what did I fucking tell you, woman? I yeah. told you. <laughs> hindsight's what are you going to do? Hindsight's 2020, you know? Yeah. How dare you? What are you going to do? How dare you, mother and father? The Schmitz. Yeah, I know the schwitz. I schwitz often about these things. The but schwitz everywhere. 
They've realized they've realized the error of their ways, and they're coming back to back to Verizon. Verizon, dude, I'm telling you, got you guys to. got the hook up there now too. So I used to be the only person at the festival with service. That that was never me until I got on Verizon. So it's exactly that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, was I was just the one that lost her phone. Ah, <laughs> uh, I hear that. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh. I had an interesting situation actually because uh, we met. We haven't even discussed how we met or anything, but uh, we met at at Halloween. Yep, Sewanee, which out. was only a couple months ago. Now, damn. Yeah, weekend after of October Halloween. Yeah. So the end of October last weekend. Exactly, and the person that you guys met with me, good friend Eliana, and also alumnus of the show as well. Awesome. She lost her phone Shout out. when oh, we came back. Wow. I didn't tell you guys that, did no, I? No, we did not know this. No, so we so we leave right after like last music. Uh so I think we right, right after we saw you guys cuz we were all yeah, chilling. We, all, we, we all, were pounding beers and yeah, shit. Yeah, we pounded beers, drank some smoked some dabs. Yeah, you know? we had some some celebratory, some some championing of the weekend. Like it was a good time, like drive safe, let's do this. Uh-huh. And then 20 30 minutes later on the road, she realizes that she left her phone. No kidding. Did you go back? No, I didn't go back. I, I feel that. I didn't go back because there's no way you're finding that phone. No, well, actually, oh, okay, okay. random enough, she was able to find the phone. Completely random as fuck. Wow, How I did know. She do it? Her friend was still there. Actually, you guys met her friend. It was the friend that uh, came over to to rescue her at like four or five in the morning. Uh, yeah, we we yeah yeah. Yep, yep. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that that. <laughs> <laughs> that, friend. that friend that's all we need to she say she was still there she was cool she yeah was, she, she was, was cool she, she was, was cool she's all right i assured the friend they were gentlemen yeah, everything, yeah, everything I was good i did this is a direct quote everything was good yeah, yeah. Persuaded. <laughs> uh but she said sta- she was staying through to the next day monday morning so she called her and she was like hey could you please help me out she did the find my iphone on her phone and she randomly was able to find it like like right away wow i got lucky enough that i guess it was laying on the ground and nobody saw it or some shit i don't know how but you know good vibes though that's good yeah yeah energy right there definitely i want to know where else that will happen (laughs) i fucked up though when i left because you know how if you turn the one way you go the completely wrong way oh yeah on the the, so you went to the right i went the wrong fucking way man oh you might have been 30 minutes out and turned around oh yeah oh yeah so pissed so pissed because when you get back on the fucking i-10 after that and you have to drive past swanee again and you're like god damn it funny enough for our and i'll put it this way i was uh definitely feeling the influence of the mushrooms okay driving home Ended up Fair on, I, on I-75, like, we're just sitting there, and I'm just starting to feel, feel the mushrooms. And it was difficult. The BG over here, the look on her face right now. Yeah, is she's the only guy that said that <laughs> on podcast, but decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. Big facts. That's what I'm saying. But anyways, you know, sometimes these things tend to happen, you know? I will say that that traffic jam coming back that night was absolutely bullshit, by the way. Facts. They had this fucking... Area shut down that you had to go in this big ass detour all around everything. So add on top of that, the thirty to forty minutes that I went driving the wrong way and having to come right back and oh, double. Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, we, see, we we got on the front Painful. end of that of that traffic jam. So lucky. But, but Anderson packed though. Anderson packed though, buddy. Flying Lotus though. 
Whew. The whole weekend, really. Sheesh. Yeah, just the whole time. Just a it was just a situation. Every time I, every time I go to Halloween though, it's a good time. So Swanee is just magic all, overall. Yeah, that place is the best. It really is. For v- festival venues and at least in the southeast, that's the best one I've I've been to. Oh, big facts. And there might be some cool stuff out west, like the mountains are pretty awesome. But if you're trying to ever go down to the jungle, come to Swanee. Come to Swanee. Because <laughs> that's the spot. That's the spot where it all goes down. Yeah, exactly. Bathe yourself in the rivers of like you the Swanee like, like where else River. In, where other <laughs> festival you've been to where you can make a fire, you can swim in a river, you can literally walk around the woods, hang hammocks. whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, th- nowhere else. And drive a golf cart drunkenly as well. Yeah. They I, definitely let you do that. Yeah, they let you. They'll actually run them to you. They'll, they'll give them to you. Which is insane to me. Like, the, the, the amount of fucked up people I've seen driving golf carts out at Suwannee is just... It only accelerates every year I go. We actually took a good ride on a drunken golf cart with the guy one time at a tipper and friends. I don't remember. It's a good time. <laughs> it's she, all, she does not recall taking the Fifth Amendment. It's always a good time, you know? It's never never a bad option to get on the, the golf cart with somebody, you know, whether he's drunk or not. He was running one of the cabins, actually. So we're all hanging out in this, his cabin, and then he, he wanted to go for a ride to find the party, and I knew where the party was, so we took him to a renegade stage. And he was definitely whipping that golf cart around. Not <laughs> he was whipping that thing. I remember now. <laughs> she, she remembers now. Let's just say there was also a, a smoothies with mushrooms involved. Oh, nice. Word, word. Would you say that he did or did not swing the hoopty? Did he swing the hoopty? No, he, he didn't actually. He was, he was pretty chill. Okay, fair enough. No swinging of the hoopty. I really wanted to hear some, some hoopty swinging. You no, know. There, was a, there was definitely a Hawaiian lays involved, though, so. Hawaii. Oh, okay. Like a like actual lays being placed around you. He's mistaking it for a hot pink boa. <laughs> okay, same shit. Right? <laughs> same shit, different day. I was gonna say, yeah, they're on the same kind of scale. It, it, it was that energy, you know. <laughs> We're skipping over a bunch of shit before we even get into festival talk, though. Where right. are you from originally? So I, I was uh, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. I was actually born in the uh, Gordon College dorms through a midwife. And I was the reason there was a policy that was created there that says, says no kids being born in the dorms. Seriously? This happened in, you know, 96, so that was kind of early on in the game. So my dad was getting a degree, master's degree there, and we lived in the dorms. And Wait, real shit? This is all This is all very true. You can ask <laughs> ask anyone, ask my brothers, my parents about it. Tell you. There's a lot more to that story, honestly. It was, it was kind of a crazy situation, but... You the, came into the world setting motherfuckers on their ear. Like, yeah. Like having laws established. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literal Gordon College, Gordon Con- Conwell actually was Gordon Conwell Seminary because he was getting a seminary degree. But yeah, so then I lived there till I was about five, and then we moved to South Bend, Indiana, because my dad was getting a uh, PhD in American history from Notre Dame. So we lived on the Notre. Actually, it was like a mile off Notre Dame's campus. I spent a lot of time in Notre Dame. Used to ice skate there every Tuesday. I've never ice skated in my life. Oh, dude, we gotta go. You'll, I feel like you'll be good at it. You I feel like I, I'm gonna eat shit. What are you, you talking no, you about? You will, but you already know that that's the only way you get good at it. So, but that like, I don't know. I mean, I don't it, know. Concrete's worse. Is concrete worse? It is. I think so. I really is do. It? Yeah, because concrete's not cold. Well, yeah, but you gotta get past the cold just to go do that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like hard ice, you hit it. And then well, you just bounce the off the ice, and then you're cold where it touched you. Like, I don't know. I will say this. The cold makes it less uh, – you don't feel anything, you know, because you're cold. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
it, it, it's definitely something that it was you know forced upon me at a young age. So there's really no reason that I like it other than that. Oh, fair enough. I so you you just it. grew up in the environment. Yeah, because yes. so we were living in South Bend at the time, and of course I have a three younger brothers and an older sister, and I'm all born within you know eight years of each other. So my mom, you know, my dad's working all day, and my mom, I don't know how she did it, but she was lugging all five of us around. So you know, ice skating probably once or twice a week was a Shots good way for her. us to you know, oh, amen to that. But a good way for us to all get energy out, you know. So damn, I was kind of thrown onto the ice. My dad loves hockey. My dad loves ice skate. So we were thrown into it from a young age. And wait, so did you grow up playing hockey also? I played a little bit of hockey for like a year or two, and then I, I never really liked it as much. It was it was more hard. And then once we, but we moved to Florida when I was eight. So once we moved to Florida, it was a little more difficult to make that a reality because down here there's one ice rink, you know, at the RDV. Yep, it's definitely more expensive. Because in Indiana, it was like there was probably three or four ice rinks in town. Yeah, you know, exactly. Any one of these has a local youth league you can just sign up for. Yeah, growing up in Pensacola, I don't even remember if there... Well, I mean, actually... There probably was one rink in town. There's one somewhere, but I wouldn't even know where it is, honestly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, being in they Orlando... They had a bunch of roller rinks, like, yeah, around. Like that, that's more, like, what was being going down, like, roller hockey. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. The only reason there's even a good rink in Orlando is because of the money brought here through Disney and, and, mm. and all the sports world that comes out of that because that's a lot of what happens there. I mean, the Orlando Magic train there... That whole sports center alone was just built off of Disney money. Which, I mean, which we could talk about Disney because Disney has changed the dynamic of Florida forever. Like, yeah. without Disney, we don't have Orlando. So pretty fucking much. It's pretty nuts. They they came in here, and at the time when Florida was accepting Disney into their their uh, legislation, because when Disney came here, there was a lot of a uh, push from the the Republicans at the time in the Congress in Florida. Because Disney wasn't really like they didn't want Disney to come here, but Disney brought a lot of money to the state and a lot of they paid a lot of people and oh yeah, a lot of things kind of transitioned from there. But when they came to Central Florida, they definitely changed the entire dynamic of the state. Because what was once like you know South Florida and Miami was its own entity versus Jacksonville, Pensacola, Tallahassee. Now you have this middle thing that's controlled by a corporation essentially. Exactly. And they pretty much changed a lot of the tone of you know Florida's. Set the yeah, set the whole of Central Florida's economy on a yeah on a complete upswing. And so we're blessed to see that here as people that live in Orlando that there's a lot around here that would not happen otherwise. It's just insane to think about how much property they have that they have untouched. Like there's so much property that Disney owns that they haven't even done anything with. It's just sitting. Yeah, they could take over the world. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah. Someday. It's gonna be Disney versus Google. Yeah, I mean Google and Google's For already making supremacy. Google's making a lot of errors though when it comes to that because they're definitely uh they're definitely putting themselves in a negative light when it comes to a lot of the uh, tech security stuff that's been happening with them because they've definitely lost their reputation in terms of any credibility of security because oh, yeah. Google's been hacked multiple times and they, like everyone in Europe lost all their information to hackers. Shout out which, to Europe. Which I don't know what <laughs> when it falls at besides like. You know, the whole internet is just changing the landscape of what it even means to have personal information. You Dude, know? for real, man. It's a whole thing. Because once you put it out there, it's just expected to get it hacked. Because everyone's been hacked. Like, it doesn't matter where your stuff's at. Yep. It's funny because I was talking to my brother who works in marketing. And just like the the simple differences of, of that situation of him being in marketing. I think I said, I think I wanted him to to try to buy something for me as well at a certain time because it was like a limited item. It was dropping at a certain time. And I was like, yeah, dude. So I was like, I need you to turn your autofill on and all that shit. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, if you need me to turn autofill on, like I'm out. He's like, I can do this manually for you, but I can't turn on autofill. I was like, why the fuck not? And he's like, because everyone will have my information if I turn on autofill. 
He's like, I work in marketing, dude. I'm not going to do that shit. Wow. And I was like, it's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, the autofill, it's definitely a... It's how they get you. <laughs> you don't even think about it, though. Yeah, I got a new phone and, like, downloaded a completely fresh Facebook and it, like, new. It was, like, completely just got my name. I was like, what the fuck? So did you just mention Facebook. Who who out of who are, who here is really still using Facebook though honestly? If it wasn't for the music industry I wouldn't be Same. even involved in it. Fair enough. Cuz I feel like my usage of Facebook is so very minimal at this point in time. I don't know. I mean it's so ad based but it's just so shitty based. I I just don't have I don't there's just nothing that draws me to Facebook I feel like. You can probably raise that I think you can raise up the uh, the I stand. Tried to, and then it was kind of loose. Oh, you just got to like retighten it. Yeah. Yeah. Like one step at a time. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I Is that a JLo song? Wait, which which JLo song? Wait, JoJo. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Bringing out the pop culture references. Shall we? I haven't thought about JoJo in forever. Really? That makes one of us. Jeez. Do you think about her every day? No, she's on TV the other day, but What the fuck was she on TV for? Like, like Christmas concert. Like you know like like you know like when Mariah Carey like I'm sorry, like, JoJo's still performing? That's like sad though. How is we'll JoJo still that. performing? That doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> How is JoJo still a thing? JoJo's still a thing for real? She actually did a like a free concert. Orlando, like last year. Okay. Oh, oh she's doing free concerts. She had like she had like a radio show here, or something like that. I mean, she's still getting guap somehow. Apparently, somehow. If she's performing, but you know, when you when you start doing free concerts, Jalen's still performing. Like, why isn't Avril Lavigne still performing? Like, the I'm real questions. I'm saying these are the things that that keep me awake at yeah, night. Absolutely. <laughs> Just not about JoJo. Avril Lavigne, yes. Disney, one word. Haven't thought about JoJo in two words. Fucking Disney years. plus. Why, okay. Why is that? Two words, three words hacked. Did Disney Plus get hacked? Yes. For wow. real? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not on the Disney Plus train. I don't yeah, have that that's shit. What rumor has it that the accounts were hacked. Damn. Yeah, I think it's a thing. But a million were made in the first day. What, on di- for Disney nope. Plus? Oh, wow. They just stole all their fucking uh, <laughs> passwords and credentials. <laughs> <He's laughs> he said nope. And he goes, oh, oh wow. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't hacked. Some, so somebody just... Uh, Someone just took all the information. Yeah, they just took, <laughs> oh. They didn't hack them, though. No. Borrowing it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just going to use this for a Holding little bit. Holding it for a friend. We're all just going to watch every single... Hour. Okay, the only thing, honestly, that made me think about getting Disney Plus would have been either The Simpsons or National Geographic. That National Geographic, really, though. That sounds epic. That's what I'm fucking saying. National oh. Geographic all the way. Yeah, National Geographic. What kind of content content they put out? Is it like Planet Earth type stuff? Probably? I think so. Yeah, for the most part. Probably a lot of everything. Man, my favorite shit to do honestly is just to watch Planet Earth on mute and just play loud ass music over it. Yeah, high yeah, we, as we fuck. We actually uh, did had a spiritual experience with an episode about deserts, deserts about a month ago. Really? Yeah, we we, oh. we were uh, we were definitely enjoying ourselves and. Uh, Watching the uh, deserts and it, playing some desert dwellers and art and some other down tempo nice. stuff. Nice. Yeah, same same idea what you just said. It was yes. very very enjoyable. That's what's up. The deserts were were speaking to us. I love how especially while doing this, you can have so many different vibes by switching up the music. Like I've watched Planet Earth to reggae. I watched it to heavy dub. 
I've watched it to like some down tempo music, like Bonobo, shit like that. Yep. Changes it. I've watched it to James Blake. I've watched it to heavy metal. <laughs> I feel like heavy metal is like, oh yeah, that tree. Like, oh that tree right there. Like, oh. It like, yeah, it really like when you put on death metal, it definitely changes everything. It's just like, holy shit, nature is metal as fuck. Yeah. It's interesting. Or if you put on like really heavy, uh, really hood trap music, that's amazing. Nature's just balling at that point. Yo, it's so sick. It's so sick. Because it feels like, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure like when you did it as well, for some reason it just seems at some point like the music seems to sync up with the, the visuals, even though it's not at all. It felt like the whole time it was somehow. I'm watching like suit. What's What are the suits? The cliff diving Oh, the wingsuit diving. Yeah, we've been oh doing the same thing with wingsuit diving compilations. Like Red Bull compilations. Like oh, space okay. Diving. Yeah, like guys doing like base <laughs> yeah. jumping and that kind of stuff. Okay, but also just with impressive. music put over it? Yeah, also very impressive because a lot Because a lot of, yeah, a lot of these videos the atmosphere. their 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 music's just, you know, it's it's, it's down here. I feel that. Yeah. It's like they're video editing their music is all right. I can have the idea of the music that's playing usually it's on like that. Stay high by Tovlo type vibes. Okay, word. I was gonna just go straight for top forty EDM type material. Some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes. So that yeah. was I think that was top forty EDM, so I think we're both right. You know? Okay, word, never mind. So yeah, in a lot of ways I think I think that shows you're, how you're, much I know. <laughs> no, you're on point. So. <laughs> it depends on if it was an EDM song. God damn it. No, I don't know. Well, apparently, I need to start watching some squirrel suits then, because it's pretty gnarly. I'm not gonna lie; it's they 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 really uh do the damn thing. Have you ever skydived before? Nah, we were just talking no. about this the other day about definitely trying to do that. What about yourself? I've skydived. Worth it? How many times? So worth it. I've only done it once. Okay. And uh oh, I got a burpee coming. You have to excuse me as I wait for this I'll to talk pop out because it's about to pop out experience. right now. Anyways, so, yeah, no, I got it on a Groupon with my homies back in the day, so I think that was really the main reason why we did it, because, you know, it's obviously cheaper. So. Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, with Groupon to go skydiving, might as well. Yeah, pretty much. I also have a Groupon to go get my concealed weapons permit, which I definitely need to go do that still. Yeah, while it's still allowed. Yes, exactly, yeah. Oh, people at home, too. Rack up on your ammunition now, too, because they... Support the Second Amendment. It's there for you and no one else. That shit is skyrocketing. The legislation they're putting through on ammunition prices is ridiculous, and that shit is only going to keep going up. It's just just another example of how the U.S. government takes their cut of everything. Stockpile. Anything they can get their hands in. Stockpile your ammo. Just saying. Stockpile. Really get a compound bow. That'd be sick. Because that's silent and ammo is reusable. But my bird chest will not allow me to use a compound bow. This is a frying pan. Yeah, that's also... Frying, you know, same shit. Honestly, a black (laughs) frying pan is an underestimated piece of equipment you can have. Because you can cook in that. You can fight with it. (laughs) Yes. It's very versatile. It is. And and they they are uh, worth having. Compound bow, only one use. You can only kill people with it. Can you you cook with it? No. You can kill a deer with it, though. That's my knowledge. You can hunt with it. Definitely worth but what else can you do with it? You no, know, it's definitely meant for killing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or target practice. That's what I'm saying. Nothing else. There's no there's no cooking going down on the compound bow. Not a multi tool. Can't wash your clothes with that. Theoretically you could. I guess can maybe you, you wash could. Your clothes with a frying pan? I mean, you know. If yeah. you if you pull, pull fill it up with some soapy water, you yeah, know. Exactly. No, honestly, you're right. 
I don't think you can watch clips of the compound blow, though. I mean, you might get a little, like, little grease or something also say, on your like, clothes, you know, but, like, you know. Yeah, your clothes would be fucked. The you blood, too. <laughs> I mean, consider you're using it also as a defense weapon. Well, so. to, to be fair, <laughs> if like, we're... it's not the best place. If we're, talking, if we're talking about a life where I'm just using asking. a I mean, frying pan for every own. single purpose I can possibly use it for, I think uh, this might be some, like, post-apocalyptic world already, I so. thought we were already there with the compound bow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't think at this point i don't know if i'm really giving a fuck about my clothes anymore like, no you're probably not honestly that's a good point could be wearing the flyest gucci shit and i'm just gonna be taking shits with taking shits and just like ripping off pieces of my gucci shirt to wipe my ass yeah i mean if it came to that it came to that it'll be that point gucci means nothing when there's I don't no food in the stores the no it doesn't mean anything to me i'm just be some soft ass t-shirt to wipe my ass with but it sounds it. like we need a lot of gucci for the apocalypse i'm saying Need to find the Gucci warehouse and just stockpiling Gucci. What's crazy is that's actually going to be a thing, you know. Whatever you're around is what you got. So we really got to figure out what Orlando has to offer. Yes. And where the locations are. Uh, we've got a lot of citrus in the outlying areas. Yeah. Miami's a, my, the Port of Miami is one of the biggest importers in the state or in the country, I mean. But I feel like whoever controls Miami is not letting any of that food leave if something got bad. So. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just ixnay on Miami. If yeah, I'm gonna say that's why Orlando happens. folks are pretty screwed here in the middle. And when you say bad, you're referring to the Gucci situation. Yes. <laughs> if it gets as bad as you gotta wipe your ass with Gucci, that's pretty bad, you know. <laughs> this is the code red. It's not the green. best. That's the, that's the standard. I feel like when it gets that bad, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know. That's yeah, when that's you know. When, you know, it's just really got there. Like it's like damn. Like we made it this far, y'all, but. Lines have been crossed. Fuck. We're almost out of Gucci, y'all. Shit. God damn it, man. That's, that's great. Anyways, so we were talking about uh, Boston, though, and Massachusetts. Massachusetts was cool. It's an interesting area. I've been back there twice since I left. Spent a little bit of time up there. Word. Spent a week in Boston, actually. I will say, out of uh, I used to have a, uh, a long-distance relationship with somebody who lived in Connecticut. And when I was going up there in the times of winter, it was like the coldest I'd ever been because I'm a Florida boy, Facts. born and raised, you know. Now, even though the temperature in Connecticut was lower than it was in Boston, Boston was the most goddamn cold place I have ever fucking been. Holy yeah, shit. I can see that. That wind chill was not fucking around, man. I've never... That was when I learned really what wind chill was yeah. when I when I went to Boston in January. Yeah, well, that that alone right there is you said it. Poor decision. Boston in January. Poor decision making. You go there in like uh, August, July. It's one of those beautiful parts of the country, but which is funny because I actually went back later in the summer and I was like, "This is very nice." Yeah, yeah. Wow, this place is actually not that bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> and when I was there in January, all I could say was, "Fuck this place. Fuck this cold." And that was the first time I went also was the the winter time. And I had to drive when I was there. And I did not understand the roads whatsoever while I was there. So Yeah, the roads are built differently up there too. It was lots uh, of roundabouts, lots of weird traffic things. Yeah, it was a double it was a double thing for me. So I'm getting hit with the cold, so my brain is already shutting down from the cold and the wind chill. And then I don't understand what's going on in the streets. So it was just wind chill is no joke though. I try to avoid anywhere. Dude, that's about November, October. That shit's crazy, man. 
My homie uh, moved to Chicago for a while, and he yeah, still bad there. he still says to this day Chicago is his favorite city that he's ever been to in the world, and he only lasted like six or eight months there. He's like, dude, I couldn't do it. Like easily my favorite place I've ever been to. I love that it's city so much. Cold. And he's like, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I love it, but I couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. Pussy. Yeah, we used to go to Chicago a lot when I lived in Indiana. Says well in Florida in December. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for us to say, and we're like, oh, it's a rainy, cold day. Yeah, I've been here in in shorts and a t-shirt right now as we oh, speak. I mean, it's comfortable outside in shorts and t-shirt. Hell yeah! I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I try to avoid anywhere besides Florida or, yeah, really Florida. Be- when my fat cat Florida. is leaving my room just now. Uh, I'm allergic to your fat cat. Oh, I, are you really? But I still love it. Did you like try- how allergic? <laughs> Are you dying right now? No, 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 no. I haven't detected it yet. So okay, gotcha. You're oh, so allergic right. to some yeah. some cats. No, uh, all cats, definitely all cats. So I did. I you did expose yourself. I did your, vacuum your before you came over you know? too, so Ish. that you know I was trying to oh. suck up the cat dander. That's so wow, thank you. Yes, yes indeed. Much appreciated. That's why I'm usually very congested, is because of uh, accumulation of cat dander and whatnot. Yes, yeah, I'm allergic to all animals, but I love animals, so I'm just gonna kind of, you know, you just gotta live with it. You just deal with it. Yes. Yeah. Dogs are pretty cool. I love dogs so much. Cats are pretty cool. I'm definitely more of a dog person than I am a cat person. I'm not gonna lie. What made you get a cat? Because then I wouldn't be able to go do all of my fun things yes. on the weekend that I do all the time. Fair enough. Maintenance. Yes. Yeah, dogs are like a little kid. Like they definitely are. And it's just like my situation, like I would just feel absolutely horrible, like, you know, of course, not taking care of my dog, not being with my dog, asking other people to take care of my dog or bringing the dog along with me on the road in an uncomfortable situation. Like, it's just like, yeah, none of the above are good options. Yeah. For my current lifestyle, I'm just far too selfish to get a dog. Let's be real. At least you thought of the dog before (laughs) making that decision for yourself, though, so. Nah, in the future when I've settled down and I've gotten my, you know, my traveling and my my serious partying out of the way, that's when I'll have a dog. Yeah, I feel that. As of right now, no. Not happening. Yeah, I have a couple of dogs, but my parents take care of them mostly, so. Fair enough. I don't really have to do anything. See that part. Do you see that side of having a dog? When was the last time you ice skated, by the way? Because we were talking about that uh, earlier. Not, that's right. Not even six months ago. Damn, probably, dude. Probably four months ago. September, I think. You think I got damn? There was well this summer I actually was skating a lot. Uh, so I was just working out a lot more, trying to be healthier, and picked up ice skating again. Just going to RDV. Yeah, I went probably once a week there for a few months. Damn, on average, couple days. You know, some weeks I went twice, some weeks I didn't go. But okay, so when you're ice skating, what are we what are we doing on the ice? Like, what are your? Do you have any maneuvers? Because I don't have any. I can start. I can stop. You know, hard starts, hard hockey stops with both sides. Okay. Crossover with both sides. I got. I got. I got some skills, but. Alrighty. For the most part, I just like to put in you know headphones, listen to like drum and bass or something, and just. Skate around the ring. That's chilling. Workout, you know, it's a good, it's a really good workout for your legs and your uh, core. So, so I never even figured out how to skate backwards, like on roller skates. I, can do that. I couldn't I can do them both. I'm I a baller at roller that. skates, honestly. God damn it! Because the hockey's harder. So if you can do hockey, rollers just, you know, you're cooking along. <sighs> rollers fun though. I mean, I'm always down to go rollerblading. I have not rollerbladed in quite some time. Yeah, it's quite some time for it's me. Taking me back to like middle school with like fundraisers at the rolling skate. Rink. I think at this, I think now my skateboarding pride doesn't allow me to put on rollerblades because I know I would just lose street cred forever. Facts. Not really. No, but I, feel, I feel like if you guys are balling, you know, rollerblades, 
about the culture. People might like it. That's what I'm saying. You just gotta no. You you just gotta get out there, and especially if if everybody's all the homies are out at the roller rink, you know, they got some freestyle playing. You know, it's, you know, it's a good time. You gotta bring that energy back. It's going in the twenties, you know. How many rinks are there in Orlando? I just see the movie uh, White Boy Rick. No, what is this? There's a movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey and um, like a, his son, like a version of him, and then he like gets into this like it's a it's, it's a sick. It, what was? Wouldn't it take place with the '80s? I think I don't know if it was, but it was like it was dope. It took place like a roller skating rink, a bunch of like run DMC type. Interesting. Beats. Like it was it was a good roller skating rink. White boy. If you Rick? really want? Yeah, it was in theaters. We saw it like uh, I think it came out in the summer. Oh, this is like a recent yeah. movie. Yeah. It, is, it, about, it is about the 1980s. Yeah, it was cool. It's a biographical crime drama. See, so I'm not a big like new movie watcher, especially in theaters. Oh, I try to be. Because no, you are, you you don't try, you you succeed. <laughs> like about the movies. Fair enough. <coughs> oh, wow. It brought me back into the movies because I haven't gone to the, I didn't go to the movies for a while and then. Started going to a lot more movies recently. See, because I just I fall asleep in all of them. I fell asleep last night in seven years to Tibet. In Tibet, seven years in Tibet. In. Wait, is this a new movie or no, is this is with Brad Pitt? This came out in the nineteen eighties. Okay, I got nothing there. It's about. It's actually a really interesting movie. It was about an Austrian climber, based on a true story. This guy, uh, he was obsessed with climbing the Himalayas, and he uh, he went to the Himalayas in the nineteen thirty nine, I believe as a part of a German Nazi expedition. This is before World War II even started. Uh And then while in the Himalayas, World War II starts, and he is immediately detained by the British in their India, uh, in their like POW camps. And it's about him and his buddies. They escape, and they pretty much just retreat into the Himalayas and live there for like three years. Damn! And he's like an experienced uh, climber. So he uh, they survive, and they make it all the way to Tibet. And then once in Tibet, they find a way. Eventually, they get like taken in in the capital city of Tibet and the Dalai Lama eventually becomes friends with one of them. And it was really, it's really crazy. It's a really crazy story, honestly. And it's about this guy's life and just him, you know, going through the struggles of, you know, living in the Himalayas for two years on their own. And they make it to the capital city and there's like a political elder. There's basically like these people just survived in the mountains for like two years. Like we're not going to turn them away. Like they're, they're worthy of respect. So that was kind of cool. POWs. That's but, crazy but it was shit. a very, very real ending, though, because the ending of the movie is the Chinese uh, invading, actually, and taking Tibet over. Oh. And it's about the, the climber. He returns to Austria, and the Dalai Lama is forced to retreat to India because there's the Chinese kind of come in and just start killing a lot of people. And, and I mean, the Chinese still have control, so. But Brad Pitt, though. Yeah, Brad Pitt, <laughs> Brad Pitt was great in that movie. He's the main character. I like how that's the that's the saving grace of the end of this. It's just like, oh, but Brad Pitt though, come on. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Brad Pitt is a damn good actor though. He really is. I have a lot of respect for him. Hell yeah, he's funny. His movie, uh, Burn After Reading. Was I was just about to say, honestly, that was what legend- I legendary. That was the one I was gonna bring up, which I feel like not enough people appreciate. Honestly, yeah, I mean it's 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 hilarious, and it's hilarious because he's not even like necessarily a comedic person but it's just the character they cast him as is just he just nails it i just watched lock stock and two smoking barrels again actually really good movie i don't yes. think i've seen it i'm slacking oh dude they're doing uh there's another one coming out with i think matthew mcconaughey as well and it's in january and um it's like another it's another he, he did snatch so yeah guy, guy Ritchie. Ritchie. yeah so he's has another movie coming out which would be dope 
Bet. Yeah, right? I'm so stoked. Bet. Like, I've been saying I want to go to the movies, but like I'm kind of holding off because I definitely want to see that. I'm Did you see Uncut Gems? No. <sighs> what do you, wait, what is that? That's the Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I've heard of it. Where he's, yo, go do I saw him at Disneyland. At Disneyland yeah, or yeah, Disney yeah, World? Disney, Disneyland. Oh, it's the movie there. They Disneyland. got him looking like a mobster. Yeah, he's... I he's passed by I was like, 50 First Dates is the best movie of all time. <laughs> you told him that? <laughs> yeah, like in passing, like yelled it at him. He's like, he's got the security guards. Not yelled, we were like four feet away. So I was like, yo. <laughs> but, but 50 First Dates wasn't the best movie of all time. For him. <laughs> what? 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 Get it? For it. Adams? Wait, wait, that was his what best movie. It? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Wait, what was his best movie then? Uh, okay. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler. I was gonna, I was gonna say. What, I could easily name five Adam Sandler movies that are better than that. What? Caddyshack. Click was better than that. Click yeah. is not better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get one thing. Okay, come Let's on. Get one thing. Caddyshack was a good movie. Spanglish Wedding was better singer? than that. Tell me Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison. <laughs> Big Daddy, yeah, Water Boy, Water Boy, oh Grown Ups, <laughs> Little Nicky, Grown Ups, Little Nicky. Don't mess like, with the Zohan. Oh, the, you don't mess with the Zohan was bad. Come on, let's. That was bad. Yeah, I don't know. I had to say click, so I guess I can't. Funny the people. Longest yard, the Longest Yard. Come on. Oh yeah, Longest Yard was good too. That's a classic. Yes. Yeah, you're a Seth Rogen fan. Uh yeah, I'd say I have I have Seth Rogen movies I enjoy. Yeah, of course. Curious. I'll f- why? Why are you? Fun- he was in Funny People. I'm pretty. I'm 100 positive. Yeah, he was in Funny People. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, a, he's a funny guy. Did you see Funny he, People? He's a funny guy. I yeah. did not see Funny People. Actually, cool enough. I get the my grandfather would receive the DVDs for like the nomination, like the for the awards for that movie. And why? Actually, receive one. He was in the he was in the Academy, and so you would get a little envelopes of the cool movies. And it's actually funny. People was one of the ones I had. Oh, so did you get like movie screeners and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, pretty cool. Oh, okay, okay. I see, I yeah. see. All right, shit. I did just get a movie screener myself the other day that somebody else ripped and uploaded to the internet, and then I watched it when yeah, I that's downloaded. A, that's the one thing they tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. The internet is pretty great. Nothing so yeah, I definitely <laughs> did not get the movie screener, but I got it through the internet's. <laughs> Yeah. That's the internet. Yeah. Seriously though, uncut gems though. That shit is fire. Noted. Fire. Might have to go see it. De- definitely have to go see it. I will I will change that for you. I will say definitely, not might. Bet. It's Sandler at his best. Um, I'm with it then. Sandler as a degenerate Jewish gambler. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about great, honestly. I, it's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Speaking of which, uh Irishman. I did see the Irishman. I had to. Okay, this comes back to my sleeping patterns. Uh, that's, though. that's a sleeper, though, right there. That's a hard one. God damn, man, that took we me got like through that one. We did make it through, but it was with some effort. We paused it a few times in one go. Yeah, yeah, in one go. No, we it took yeah. us. We we paused it once in the middle, but it took me like five separate nights. <laughs> I think we just kind of bullshit our way through it. I don't. I don't know. I just it, it worked out. Well, I I get up for work early, so you know yeah. if if I set in like on a weeknight to That's to difficult. watch for a three yeah, hour movie like that, I'm usually gonna be passing out early on on weeknights. That is for sure. So yeah, it was two hours and like fifty minutes long, so it's a hard one to get through in one yeah. sitting. We did it on a Saturday afternoon, I think. My thing with movie theaters is that I'm just I'm too cold in them. They're too dark, and I'm too comfortable. So all of those things adding up, I am going to fall asleep every time. 
every time. Yeah. So I always pay for an app. So I just can't go to the theaters. I can't do it because I know myself. Yeah, I respect that. You know, I respect you for going to the movie theaters more often than I do. Hey, sometimes. You're being dragged along, apparently. I like it. I I, I enjoyed the movie theater. See, it's got to be, right, be the right movie, though. I'm just going to go see any movie in the theater. It's a sound. Did you see picture. Star Wars? No. I have not seen any of the current Star Wars probably since episode like seven they put out. Okay, word. True that. I think the last one I saw was Rogue One. You're not missing Same. anything. No, I kind of kind of gave up. I will say we watched the first episode of the Mandalorian show. It was halfway decent. It was pretty good. Like, But y'all actually have the Disney Plus though. No, it was through a friend no. actually. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we were at a friend's house and he just put it on <laughs> no, no, and we, no, no, no. we no, watched it. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's correct this. Let's correct this very quickly uh, yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I've succeeded in not giving Disney money for like 13 years now, so I don't plan on doing that anytime soon. The only time I've actually went to Disney World is on somebody else's dime, now that you mention that. Same. I've never paid to go there and never will. Fuck all that. I've gone to Universal a few times. Used to go to SeaWorld a lot. Wet and Wild really was where it was at. Oh, man. Yeah, that that was the spot. That was a good time. Yeah. I remember when I first came to Orlando... In my freshman year at UCF, and some friends of mine actually uh, actually took beans and went to Wet n' Wild. So- sounds about right. That was a great-ass time. Yeah, Wet n' Wild is a – it was so – such such a good park. It's like $40, you know, if you're a Florida resident, it's, you, you get a year pass for that price. Yep. And then it's like every weekend you're going to go there and you're going to have a good time. And Miss those days. Yeah, they had some really good rides. They had that uh, – this one Bombay. It would be like a basic – it was almost like a – it's probably – 75 80 degree angle down a slide like pretty much vertical just a little crazy <laughs> yeah and, and, and you would get into like this box and they would literally drop the floor out and you would just, yeah you would okay. just fall okay i never did that one yeah, I, I did it a lot it was really fun that one i just can't, i can't like see i still have like a thing with heights even though i have went and skydived but that was in conjunction with me kind of trying to conquer see it's funny because fear I, of heights I, i'm terrible with heights but i used to love that ride and there was one right oh next God, to it no. that was not the Bombay. And in my opinion, that one was actually harder because you had to force yourself to go down the slide. So there's no one just going to – because with the Bombay, you know, you get in the box, you're just pretending it's not happening, and then it falls. And That's the scariest shit, though. Like, yo, like you're in the bo- – I, I would will say it's harder to force yourself to push yourself over it because oh you're sitting there God. like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Oh, God. Either way is not good for me. No, it, it, it was one of those things that was very difficult to do at first, but once you – kind of got into it, it was definitely easier. I think the only thing that's not good for me is the fact that my favorite ride at Universal, Dungeon Dragons with Harry Potter. I don't, think, I don't think it's called Dungeon Dragons. Dueling Dragons. There you go. There nice. it is. Nice, nice, that's nice, a Nicki nice, Minaj nice. song. But it was like really, it was really cool. Like there was like three flips that would go around each other. Uh-huh. And it was like one of my sister's friends, her older sister said her seatbelt completely came undone and then the next thing you know like a year later the ride's torn down like that's pretty like that's really they tore that ride down yeah they tore it down it made me sad they put it up and then they took it down (laughs) (laughs) damn them shits were good roller coasters though dueling dragons it was sick shits were fire i never got to ride it that's a shame i know i had a universal annual pass for a little minute for a hot little minute wasn't terrible i remember the day i went to go ride it i had a fever and the line was really long, and I just didn't want to stand there and go through it. Fair enough. And it was a regret to this day. I got tricked into uh, riding a roller coaster the first time, pretty much. Well, I'd been on one before, but I was, like, deathly afraid of them. Same, honestly. It was my dad that tricked me, actually. 
he kind of told me we we're gonna go ride this ride. Didn't really tell me what we were doing. And uh, I remember it was my first time at SeaWorld. And I had done like Space Mountain, you know, Disney World before, which is nothing really compared to a real roller coaster. Yeah. So we're getting in the Kraken. I don't at know, SeaWorld. man. That's pretty. Oh shit. Space Mountain. Yeah, but compa- compared to the Kraken, though, you know, that's. I will say this. It was light work. It was like, I w- there's like nine ups- upside downs in that ride. See, like I definitely... It's a pretty gnarly roller coaster. I definitely agree with the gnarliness part of like the Kraken as compared to Space Mountain, but you've got to definitely feel me on this one. Going on Space Mountain as a tall-ass motherfucker... Oh, I bet. I think like every time i've done it i'm thinking like dude i'm about yeah i'm about to get my head or my legs chopped off at any moment like uh, i just i'm like uh, every time i'm on space mountain i've got all my shit like as close to me as possible like, like fetal position i yeah. don't blame you i mean i'm tall too so I, I'm, I'm right with you that's <laughs> what i'm saying like I, yeah, that shit is scary as i hell. was young i was in i think sixth grade when i went to space mountain not even uh oh so you, oh that's what I i'm ha- saying i haven't been back to disney in a very long time if you went if you were to go back now and go on space mountain i can guarantee and at your stature, yes, it, it would be it would be a thing you'd think about for sure. Yeah, I I don't doubt that. Italian spaceship, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kraken don't fuck around though. Now that that's a pretty gnarly roller coaster. It's pretty big. It's, <laughs> it's I think there's like nine upside down loops that on that. Shit and does like, not fuck around. And I mean, it's if you're up there, like it takes you all. It's about a Hulk level like height, but it doesn't shoot you up. The Hulk was Damn. crazy because the Hulk just launches you up at the top. Which in some ways is actually less scary because you have less time to contemplate what's about to go down. You're just because with the cracking, what made it gnarly is you're just getting towed up old style, you know, up this massive ramp for like a good thirty seconds before you get to the yep. top, and you're at the whole time to think about what the fuck is about to go down. You're like, oh, here we're we go. really up here. Like, <laughs> here we we're go. Really up here right now. Like we're really high, and then you know, then you go, and you go straight towards the water too. So oh, you're just like, times. yep. Yeah, I mean, the Manta's a really good ride at SeaWorld as well. SeaWorld's never really fucked around with their roller coasters. I haven't been to SeaWorld in so long because if I'm correct, the last time I went to SeaWorld, I was on mushrooms when I was there, and I got really sad. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. It is pretty sad. The animals there is pretty pathetic. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, man. I, I, I Because you start, you know, if you're you on really mushrooms, you, you start feeling shit. I, yeah. If you're a Blackfish fan, uh, you should check out The Cove. Yeah, it is the OG documentary version of the like dolphin like hunting crisis in Japan. It's not really a crisis if you if you're not a dolphin supporter, but it's insane. Hey, but if you don't support all living life, they're still yeah. doing that in Japan, though, aren't Fuck they? You. Oh, they do it. <laughs> oh, they do. It's it. on, dude. No, there actually, was just a legislation <laughs> passed that was like legalizing more of that recently. God damn! Not necessarily in America, but about recent times, but international law is changing. I actually fell asleep at the end of that. <laughs> Fair enough. You don't care about the dolphins. <laughs> you don't know my life. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, you got to pick and choose what you can be awake for. You know, sometimes oh, dolphin yeah. legislation doesn't fit into that dolphin that time frame. Exactly. You know. Yeah, it's like you got to weigh it out. You know, it's a balance. No, you're right. Though there's too much to be aware of these days, and it's overwhelming if you're not in any way trying to like understand it. Because it just gets to the pl- and that's that's the biggest issue with the way the internet is distributed right now is that the internet has changed everything in terms of the amount of the volume of information that is presented. But what we haven't figured out yet is a bandwidth to process all of it quickly. So you're just getting overwhelmed with the massive amounts of headlines and and other shit you see every day. And so if you're not trying to like dig through all that and figure out what's going on, there's no reason to even like look at it honestly. Exactly, it's just too much. And and, and then you get misconstrued because you know you might pick out two or three out of the stack of fifty that you think are true. When in reality, you know, half of those might have been false to begin with. It's interesting to think about nowadays, too, especially when you, you know, myself growing up with 
elders who would read the newspaper and all that shit. When they read the newspaper every day, they were retaining all of the information that they're reading. Like now on an everyday basis, there's so many headlines and shit flying through my Twitter every single day from breaking news that I may retain like three or four of those items, but the rest of it, I'm not going to remember until somebody else brings it back up or some shit, you know? Well, it's, it's funny we're talking about this because I just actually wrote a, uh, a paper for my degree at Rollins when I'm finishing. That was, it was my final project there. Shouts out Rollins. Yeah, shout out Rollins College in Winter Park. Great education. But uh, they, uh, for my final project there, I, ha- I had to do like a research project. And I actually chose, I was doing a uh, formal research analysis of headlines and specifically dealing with politics because that's kind of a very big topic right now. Oh, but yeah. everything you're talking about is true, though. Most people, most people get most of their news from headlines and most people don't actually read the article. And most yep. people don't, e- even if they do read the article, they're reading maybe the first paragraph. Yep. And then to top it all off, you even have now that like a lot of headlines are written by computers. So the editors write these articles, they look at it, okay, boom, send it off. And there's a, there's an algorithm that writes whatever the headline is, and they do this based off of, you know, probably so much analytics about consumers, people, what people click on, what they don't click on. Yep. Whatever is designed to grab their attention the fastest. So what my project was about was trying to tie necessarily what people the act of that that headline culture we're talking about. I wanted to tie that into some for the form of discipline regarding cognition and what causes people to, you know, look at things and what like what motivates consumers to click on content so a lot of my research was designed around like what makes content entertaining and what makes you know what is what makes something what what basically yeah basically what makes content entertaining so it was found a lot of times that lower cognition type content a lot of content that has to do with like you know clashing like a versus yeah just side versus that side that's the stuff that people want to see anything with conflict and it's yeah it seems obvious like yeah people want conflict people want drama they want they want the they want the tea they want to be the ones with the scoop so that's why you see this culture now of everyone having that you know more crazy headline more outlandish story that that they want to share and it's just kind of create a whole culture around people thinking they're you know more in the know or more woke And, and a lot of it is based off this headline culture we're talking about and so we're finding this weird parallel where r- news stations are actually writing their stories this way. Like they're f- that's why you see framing this way. I mean, yep. turn on your news sto- station of choice, you know, you're going to get an agenda. But the, I think the most interesting part of that research I was doing was not necessarily any of that, but more the risk this poses for future discourse about anything. Because now coming to a conversation, like what you were saying, it's not like someone listened to the radio and everyone listened to the same story last night or they all read the same newspaper story. Now people bring to the conversation their agent, their version of it that, yep. they, that they got from their news source. So you have this interesting dynamic where we're not even coming to the conversation with equal facts or equal knowledge. Like both of us have our pre- Everybody has their own version, yeah. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's crazy to see this backed up in like hard like reading and re- research and facts. And it's, it's wild to see something. That's, it seems obvious, obviously, you know, like that's how things play out, but it's true. And I, I don't know what that leads us with. It's interesting because this is definitely something that I, I mean, this is something that you and I have uh, have definitely felt each other on. Like this, this is why we, one of the reasons I say why we became swift friends. Facts. Because I mean that's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. Because you know not only to have allow a place for creatives to be able to talk about their own shit and talk about whatever they need to get out there and everything, but this is one of the things that I needed to get out. Yeah. And let that be known because I just saw free speech. And intellectual discourse just going by the wayside to a degree. So I was like, well, I'm going to do whatever I can to continue that going on as long as I can. Thank you for doing that because, I mean, the internet is amazing that we're able to even do this. 
and that's the one beautiful part about America that can't be stopped is that this really is a free country of a lot of independent thinkers. Yep. And we have a lot of freedoms that we are rewarded. And we so, so to do something as simple as starting a podcast might not seem like a lot, but it's a way to spread, you know, the conversation. And, and it's it's crazy to think about just like where we are in this current day and age. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Somebody came to do a podcast a while back and just left it here. So it's like, take it. I, I don't use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, it what I, that's why I said that too. You know, like you can feel free to, to go for it. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. The green magic stick. Yeah, pretty much. It's like Spot- I, Spotify, I it's Spotify green stick. too. Yeah, exactly. That was a good point. It's almost like the, uh, the shitty, shitty website that I have. What does it taste like? Exactly what you'd expect. Okay. I don't know what it is. Apples? I've never had one of those. I don't know what I'd expect. Apples. I do have a question, though. So, like, when you're talking about that, I feel like as someone who listens to, who tries to stay current with music, I feel like a lot of the headlines I see now, like, because, you know, your algorithm goes to what you like, you'll get, like, a lot of, like, current, like, things or, like, DJs or, like, like not necessarily headlines, but, like, headliners. You know what I'm, t- like, saying? Like, between this, like, you'll just, I feel like, hmm, I what feel like. Mean? I don't know. You got so far. You started getting more into politics. <laughs> it doesn't make so much more sense anymore. But there's just I don't. I'm just curious about how I don't know how like algorithms play out with music. Always the same idea. People people uh, write headlines that they want. They think are gonna get clicks ultimately. So whether or not they're using a computer or an algorithm to write this specific headline or not, I think. The, I mean, the music industry is no exception. Like no. A- every year there's a new roster of people that are gonna get put on. And a lot of these people deserve it. Uh, some others are probably plants, industry gimmicks. But regardless of all that, there's going to be a new freshman class, if you will, of every genre. And there's also going to be a lot of people that are doing it, you know, and have been doing it for years and to continue to do it, regardless of that, what's going on with that. So you really can't look at it from a – it's really – I guess I should say it's really easy to look at that from that perspective because that's what you're getting fed. And they definitely are feeding you a specific list of artists. And I mean, I can look at this in the bass music scene specifically in America in the past five years and how it's changed. Every year, there's a new wave that's getting put on. And if it wasn't rhythm three years ago, now it's the Wakan yep. weird, weird bass style. Exactly. And and you and you don't see that though, like with music that's might be have been growing bigger than those over the past five, ten years. And you have artists that are just like respected and just killing it in their in their style. And, and maybe even in electronic music, there's tons and a lot of the ones we like are like that in the States because a lot of that music we like is from the overseas in the UK. Exactly. But even in America, you see the styles that are getting put on and it's definitely a, a lot of it feels fabricated sometimes. And I think a lot of, that's not to diminish that these people that are killing it and making great music because there's a lot of really talented artists out there that are pushing the standards, but it is interesting to see what the mainstream industry wants to pick up from electronic music. And it's interesting to see it change. Most definitely. Even even in like Spotify, and you see the way the playlists have started evolving. And like, I mean, I mean, two years ago, electronic music was hardly a thing on Spotify, and now you can go to a whole category with hundreds of playlists with different types of music down to crazy like amounts of playlists drum on and bass there, yeah. to weird, you know, obscure left field IDM shit, and yep. it, it's all on there now. And that's pretty awesome because as someone who's liked this music for a long time and hasn't seen it get any respect, it's really cool to see it being respected exactly as an actual art form in America. And it's also interesting to see how it's just influencing the sound. I and mean, we talked about this a minute earlier with the drill music even that's coming out right now. Sounds t- sounds change and and people find what they like because people show them what they like. And so that's kind of what we're doing as creatives is just showing people different sounds and different styles of any style. It could be different movies. It could be different types of music. But that's what it's all about. For sure. It's exposing the people to <coughs> different types of music and uh, entertainment that 
can you know open their mind and really show them there's a whole different world of living out there that the world's not going to tell you about you know the mainstream entertainment industry is not going to tell you about this shit and people work really hard to get there you know most definitely and what i was going to say the one last thing about the intellectual discourse thing it's an interesting thing this day and age now where if you do come to the conversation with objective facts and studies or anything else along those lines, if you're not on one side of the argument and you look at it from everyone's perspective and you look at it completely objective, then you all of a sudden become the enemy. 100%. Which is crazy to me, you know, and other people I feel like who who look at these things, what I would consider logically, and try to try to have objective intellectual discourse with people, but... Well, the problem is logic's not being taught. Exactly. And, and, and Critical thinking schools aren't is not being taught. Any of that anymore. And and it's I don't want to say it's all orchestrated by some, you know, high level group up there, but at the end of the day there is a department of education that sets standards nationally. There are people that have been involved in that for a long time. So definitely you see the way that the Department of Education has and it's not for funding. A lot of people want to talk about schools are underfunded, but if you look at the money, they get billions of dollars a year and to to, to teach and I mean, there are definitely is severe underpayment for teachers, and that's a different conversation to be had. But a lot of this money is sucked up into the, uh, the you know, the, the corporate almost, you know, big, big federal version of it. And that's, I mean, that's, we caught to hawk all day about the. Uh, Most definitely. Uh-oh. Did the switch go off, maybe? Yeah. Check one, two, check. Yeah. Sorry about that. No worries. So yeah, so what I was saying is that we I mean the, we talk all day about why things should be localized in terms of that kind of conversation. So the Department of Education shouldn't be, you know, teaching people how to teach students over a whole nation of, you know, almost 400 million people that spans thousands of miles. So I, I think exactly. a lot of it should be left to the states. That's not to say the federal government should have and it shouldn't have a role, but I think there's a lot of but then going back to what we were just talking about with objective uh reasoning. There's a lot of just misinformation going around about a lot of things like really easy to look at headlines and see a certain story and a narrative being sold to you make an and, assumption and, yeah, and go on with it that's the way the world is and that's not even to say that people are wrong for wanting to care because i think a lot of people have a very good heart and are very empathetic about uh, situations and they want to help people but it's more about knowing like when to not be emotionally manipulated by what you're looking at in the media exactly because some that's people what it's designed for some people just don't realize that what they think they're putting out as positive energy can really actually be discerned as negative energy to some people as well yeah, and I think a lot of it also has to come to an understanding of the fact that the world's like an inherently, there's a lot of negativity in the world. So if you dwell on that, that's what you're going to always feel and see. Exactly. And there's a lot of really awesome things that happen. Exactly. In and, and we're in a place in humanity where like there's never been a better time to be alive in terms of life expectancy, the average health rate, like infant mortality rate. Like more people now are going to make it past. In, back in the Middle Ages, you weren't expected to live past eight years old. You know, if you make it yep. that far, it's, it's, it's a miracle. You're so, killing it. And and now that 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 rate has just fallen and fallen and fallen. And that's not to say there's not a lot of things that could be fixed in our world because there are. And there's always room for improvement. And I think that we just definitely slack on a lot. And I can sit here all day and talk about that. But just that to be said, if you focus on all the negative, that's how you're going to always feel. Most definitely. You're never going to see the positive side. It's just like those algorithms. If you keep clicking on all the negative shit, they're going to keep showing you the negative shit. Yep. And, and unfortunately, negativity and conflict sells more copies than the positive shit. Yes, it does. It used to be sex sells. Now it's just know, negativity sells. I'm like, love like a good like food account or a little cute you know who said anything about cute animals well see know? that's what i'm that's saying good stuff, though. Like, if you yeah if that's what you associate with that's all you're gonna get 
because I took like I got to this point where I was on Twitter and I was getting into these debates with people that I would try to have like well, an always... intellectual debate, and I realized, yeah, I know, I realized very quickly, like, oh, this is not. For... I got into Twitter late because, yeah, I mean, that's the hard. Once you have that realization, that social media is not the place for a conversation, though. No, it's, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah, exactly. So, but like, definitely, we've all had our Facebook Twitter wars. Once I realized that, I was just like, oh, these people aren't actually using logic. Like, oh, okay, never mind. Then I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna stop associating with all this shit that makes me want to have a conversation with these people, and I'm literally only gonna look at things that either make me laugh or make me laugh pretty much that's about it like yeah. pretty much all i look at it's either music stuff or skateboarding or graffiti or some funny shit that's about it yeah that's the way you gotta do it pretty much so speaking of music and whatnot what music was in the house for you growing up like what were you raised on well that that this will bring us to a whole part of my life that's very important um so i was raised very uh traditional um, Christian. I went to a Christian classical school. Nice. My parents were very uh, religious, and which is interesting because my my father was in the Navy for twenty years, and uh, hey, mine too. Traveled the whole world. Um, th- definitely came from a different background than he raised us. But when he found Christianity, he wanted us to be raised that way. So, wait, what did he retire as? I, I couldn't tell you. I should know. It okay, was, I think it was E3. Ooh, he gonna be mad. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think it was E three, but it might have been more than that. Hey, maybe our pops surfed together. You never know, honestly. Back in the eighties and nineties, so yeah, definitely, definitely could have. Yeah, for sure. That's that's wild. He was on an ocean oceanographic research vessel, actually. So they were making maps of the bottom of the ocean. Word. All over, sailed the globe. But all that to be said, he's definitely he was definitely a. Uh, probably went through and saw a lot in that time of being in the navy. So when he had you know us kids, he raised us a certain way and. uh so I was raised, I was homeschooled till I was, you know, till we left Indiana. So I was eight years old. So I was kind of um, growing up music in the house then, not really anything I can think of. Honestly, we didn't, weren't very musical family, Word. but my parents wanted me to play the violin and they wanted me to play the cello and they wanted me to learn music. So I was forced to do violin lessons every week and I never really liked it as a young kid because this was when I was like five, six, seven years old doing this. And then we moved to Florida. And my because my father got accepted at a school here, actually, a classical Christian school. So there was a very good music program there. And I kind of fell in love with music through that program. But when, in my time in Florida, a lot of the music... Wait, where in Florida did you move to? Uh, Winter Park, Florida. Actually. Okay, got you. So I've lived in Winter Park, you know, ever since. Word. But going there, with and there was a really good music program, and but a lot of it was centered around church music. So growing up, really, uh, I could say the biggest theme of music in my life is just was just church music insofar as I was performing in a lot of orchestras, a lot of choirs. And I could talk about this for hours because there was multi- probably 20 different groups I performed in uh, in this area. And I mean, we did tours of the Southeast, tours of Europe. Um, Damn. We Yeah, singing in choir was from the time I was about eight or nine years old till 20 probably 20 years old i was in a choir oh damn you got me beat yeah so i I sang all of uh i sang in the orlando deanery boy choir here in winter park or here in orlando at st luke's downtown actually word and that was pretty cool we sang in there wait what'd you sing as uh that was back when i was like a little boy so i was like soprano alto and then as i got older i joined like a high school choir and i was doing like tenor and bass and then when i went to college actually i I didn't even want to go to college but there was a uh a composer that was coming to with to perform with the uh, Winter Park Institute and the Bach Festival Choir, named Morton Lordson, who's a uh, very talented. Uh, he's like a almost a romantic composer, but it's very baroque and Renaissance in okay. its sound. So it's very Renaissance, old school, but it's very um, modern writing. And he lives in Seattle area actually, 
but he was coming to Winter Park to perform with this choir, and I was a senior in high school, and I wanted to perform with him. So I signed up for this choir called the Bach Festival Choir of Winter Park, which is based out of Rollins. And when I did my audition for that choir, the head of the music department was there at the audition, and he was like, hey, you should come perform with us at Rollins and see if you like want to fit in with the school. So all that worked out to me end up getting a full scholarship to go there for music. She which was a, be- it's a beautiful thing because I, I didn't even want to go to college at that point. Like I was probably going to join the military. I really had no other – I didn't really know what I was going to do. Were you so going to go Navy? No, I was going to go Marines or Army. That's w- That was my plan. Okay. I word. didn't want to do the Navy for various reasons. But it was what were your reasoning, by the way? My reasoning for it was I I wanted I don't I don't know I didn't want to as do a as a fellow Navy boy. I didn't that's want to do asking. the same thing as my dad. That was kind of the the ultimate fundamental. I was like I don't want to do the same thing as him, but but I mean I never really, in all honesty, I never seriously was about it because I I knew I was gonna find something else to do. It was just kind of the only option I had. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to just like spend money on loans and just to do it. I had no reason to go to college. Yep. So when this worked out, it worked out really well because I ended up going to college and having a completely different experience there than I thought I was going to have and loving it, doing the music stuff. But all of that was I the love same. college. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Hey. Joined a frat for a I couple of years. Hey. Did the Did the whole damn thing. But Rollins was great to me. But then I uh, I got towards the end of the music degree and there was a lot of stuff happening in my life that led me for this decision. But I decided to stop doing the music degree because I was I had a, a minor done in it and I was like I'm done with this. Well, there, basically, long story short, I was a uh, I was taking voice lessons every week and I'm not really a, I love singing, but it wasn't my passion at that point. I was really into getting into production and like the more engin- engineering and that side of things. And I was really loving, you know, the electronic music world and just more, well, more contemporary stuff. Uh-huh. But they were, f- and I wanted to focus on composition because I wanted to be a composer. I was like, if I'm going to learn something in this degree, I want to learn composition. I want to learn how to write music. And I was taking composition lessons too, but they were forcing me to continue to do voice lessons and sing in a bunch of choirs. And it just kind of got to this boiling point of there was just too much going on, and I didn't that I wasn't interested in. So I stopped singing, and I transitioned to communication studies, which was. Uh, a good decision and now here i am you know three years later i'm finishing that degree i got one class left word and i'm graduating finally but oh so you're you're like home stretch right now yeah, that one was, class that was like your whole life story that was impressive yeah i mean and the, going back to your original question though about what music was around growing up um definitely a lot of church music a lot of choir music a lot of uh, orchestral music being involved in all so much musical stuff that my whole world constantly revolved around it so i kind of tried to find you know the different side of things and my parents weren't really like big on showing me a lot of music outside of church music so i I remember my mom gave me a beatles cd and i really liked the beatles from that for that moment on that's sick but i did a lot of research into my own um on my own honestly i found a lot of hip-hop and a lot of rock like around what age did you start kind of trying to branch out nine ten years old is when i first discovered what rap and hip-hop was and i immediately loved the sound like i loved the sound of just beats like that just really tickled me for some reason yes it was kind of my thing and i never really realized how much i like beat music until like probably in the last few years when it's kind of come full circle and it's like this is what i really like it's, it's yeah. not it's not necessarily any style it's just that culture of just beats yes and uh what's cool is that all the music knowledge and background i have coming from church music has all applied so well to uh to what i do now because i, I come with a very different perspective than a lot of people i have a cl- i'm classically trained in composition you know and multiple instruments and singing have sang in choirs for years. My ear is very good. Which helps l- boatloads. Like, people exactly. don't even understand. And yeah. so, I, I'm in a specific, it also lends me to be in a weird place in the music industry, though, because I'm in a place where, brand-wise, I'm equals with people that have, you know, just decided to start learning music in the past six months. 
yes. in some cases. And so it's it's hard for me sometimes to keep my head up, but I think long story short, I know my uh, I know my knowledge and worth, so it's it doesn't really affect me that much. But that's like that's the interesting thing to think about in this specific day and age with the internet exploding as to how it is and everything right now. Oh, and yeah. with right now with like in every field of everything, you know, any object or whatever is like at our fingertips now. Whereas like let's say music for instance, or like recording a radio show like we're doing right now, like before you had to go to a fucking radio station and talk to the radio oh, people yeah. to get that shit done. Now I can just buy my own mixer and anyone can buy my own equipment and do it all out of my own shit. Same thing with producing music and anything like that. And it's honestly awesome because that's why you're seeing this whole age of creativity that's bubbling right now. And like, there's endless possibilities through the internet. And I wouldn't even say it's a bad thing necessarily. It's more that people need to bring the same seriousness to it that they that, that the people that have been doing it bring to it. You know, there yes. needs to be a respect for the culture and, and, Definitely. and the roots behind a lot of things. And what's what's hard is when something is long lasting and living as music it's like you can't expect everyone to you know go spend that much time really learning about it and what i wish they did i mean <laughs> don't we all but unfortunately i feel like a lot of people just don't have that energy of wanting to know which is just strange it's energy it's just it's, it's hard to identify if you don't know what you're, you're fair enough no, I mean just learning about the the history of music, you know. The, the thing, the thing that I guess I've had to come to terms with about that is, I guess most human beings have an obsession with something, and whereas our obsession is with music, it just doesn't exactly it doesn't correlate with other people as well the same. Because like I, I mean, as I'm sure both of you kind of feel the same way. Like I have an insatiable desire to just always discover new sounds and yeah. new music. Like I can't listen to the same shit. No. all the time i cannot do it i love all of the fucking music that i know and yeah. i will listen to it again after i found some new shit that's like i'm just like yo why does it sound like this or how did this person do this or yeah. you know anything along those lines oh so. and that's the cool part about electronic music is people are making the craziest sounding shit oh right now yes that's never been heard before and it's oh like yes I mean, we, in terms of music history we're at a huge shift right now between essentially the old age and the digital age and every style that's happened before this is going to be labeled into into its own subcategory and we're at the beginning of a different subcategory exactly and electronic music is just just the, the invention of the synthesizer in in the 60s and 50s and 60s has just changed everything and like we're so early on it that it's it's kind of hard because i mean there's there's not a lot of knowledge of like some some of the music we like it's been around for 10 years maybe 20 years yep and so how do you expect people to know the roots of it when it's still being invented? Like, exactly. And it's just interesting, too, because there's a lot of people, like, in my groups of friends that either are just starting to listen to electronic music or things along those lines. Like, I've been trying to get them into it for a while, but they would always just kind of look at me like, dude, why are you listening to that weird-ass, like, bleep-bloop music or whatever? You know, like, they'd yep. say something to just to trivialize it or something yeah, like that. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like, and I'm just, I'm over here like, well, I'm sorry, but I am a classically trained pianist and I apparently, <laughs> I apparently know something about this that you don't. So when you want to catch up, you know, I'll be here. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll still be just as accepting then whenever you, whenever you catch up as I am now. I mean, you just see that happening literally right now. Exactly. And the boom, in, the festival boom in the past two years, too. is just Festival testament. boom is ridiculous. I mean, I I'm, I got into festivals, honestly, kind of late compared to some people, and I feel like I got into it early. But, I mean, even in 2015, 2014, there wasn't 
the culture around it that there is now. There used to be a time where the only way you were hearing about festivals was pretty much like word of mouth. Yeah. Like, there wasn't like huge. I mean, if you, I've, I've been told like if you go onto fucking Tinder now, you can swipe and there's an option that like will, if there's like an upcoming festival in your area or whatever, like a big one, you can put that on your little profile so people, other people who are swiping can see if you're going to this festival or not. So That's you could nice. potentially have a match at the festival. Isn't that shit crazy? Like, yeah. S- similarly to that, though, I really we were talking about this the other day. I think there, we need to really make Boy, a uh, plur muffin. Oh my god, plur muffin. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I've that, heard that, that one. That's the, that's the EDC people right there. The plur, oh, most definitely. The plur muffins, oh, I know. <laughs> Plurum up in dash dash EDCO oh arrow arrow oh ultra arrow arrow Miami Music Week oh oh boy yeah. <laughs> that's a whole thing right there yeah that's Twitter not gonna lie I was at EDC though just to see Dead Mouse I th- I respect that honestly because I've never seen Dead Mouse uh, before pretty crazy set he fucking killed it it was nasty I wanted to see NDC really bad Woo, yeah he played that weekend didn't he yeah I really wanted to go to that he was not on the day I was there. We we went to actually we went to Tampa and we we saw Eric Andre instead. Yeah, that that'll be good. It was, it was <laughs> hilarious. It was yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely do it. Shout out. I will say though that day that I was there that Friday that Dead Mouse played, I was incredibly satisfied because it rained so fucking hard that day. That was the day I got a Popeyes chicken yeah, sandwich. Yeah, that was. The- Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was yeah. a good day for us. Wow. Big, big day. Personal best for everyone all yeah, around. Eric Andre Popeye's chicken sandwich first. Fuck yeah. What else can you ask for? Dead mouth. I had a great time laughing at all of the little quote unquote rave bays that the were. Oh, yeah. That were dressed in absolutely nothing and were shivering from head to toe, getting rained on nonstop. Yeah, that's not fun. And I'm over here in my Gore Tex jacket, like posted, Bullin'. dancing my ass off. Oh, man. I had a great time. Great time. You love to see it. Yeah. It's just funny when you see when you see a young lady in an $80 hoodie that she just bought and she still doesn't have any pants on because she did not come with any pants and didn't check the forecast. It's unfortunate. You know, just check the forecast next time. Well, like, What really blows my mind is every year at EDC that like after the show gets out and there'll be like, you know, thousands of these little plur muffins scattered down OBT at like three in the morning. I'm like, this is just, this just dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, as someone who's lived in Orlando for a long time, like I, I don't go down to OBT at three in the morning. Yeah. No. So I don't think this is really any exception to the rule. Technically, technically, it ends at midnight, so they get let out at midnight. Okay, you know, so, so three they're, hours they're, before. I mean, you gotta think some people <laughs> might still be out there that late. Oh yeah, they're still out there. That's just that's just starting out yeah, there. Yeah, at midnight though, that's uh, that's it's crazy. It's free for all down there. Oh yeah, that's that's high noon right there. It's, it's pretty entertaining. High midnight, high noon. Shout out. Yeah, shout out indeed. Yeah, I know. Anyways, so, <laughs> so back to the music talk though. Besides the uh, the plur muffins and whatnot, so when is it that you like? Oh, so you? Oh, my, excuse me, I'm bad, bad. So you were saying like nine, ten years old. That's when you start discovering like beats and yeah. The, okay, so I'll go back to that. Um, really, that was around the time when I started waking up to a lot of music in general. Got was when I really when I moved to Florida, I got exposed to a lot of different types of music and uh, realized there was a lot out there and I liked it. I didn't really know how to define a lot of it and uh, really rap was my big focus for a long time. And I really fell in love with hip hop and uh, that lasted till I was probably around. 13 so at this time i was really listening to things i was listening to like old wu-tang like eminem 
um, a lot of Dr. Dre, a lot of Snoop Dogg, a lot of old school West Coast hip hop from the 90s. Really, that was my some Biggie, some Nas, like that kind of stuff. And then, you know, trap music and what was popping at the time. And that was like the era of Lil Wayne. So this was like new, yes. no ceilings era. So, oh, yeah, it, it was that that shit was just I know the era. Well, yeah, all <laughs> of that, all of that hip hop, all of that rap music that was popping at that time. All as the way a, as a skateboarder in the early 2000s, man, my good music coming out myself and all my homies were bumping pretty much nothing but Lil Wayne and Dipset. That did was about see, it. Uh, mid 90s. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, did, I did. Did you like it? I did like it. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I thought it was good. The soundtrack was dope. The soundtrack was fire. Yeah. Better be. Uh, yeah, they had a. I think Trent Reznor did the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's a G. Yes, he is. Yes, he is indeed. Yeah. I mean, so I I don't remember exactly when I found electronic music though. I think it was uh really a Skrillex era. As, as much as I hate to admit it, I think it was when. That's why I retweeted that thing the other day. That yeah. Plastician sent. Yeah, I mean Plastician knows, and shout out to Plastician for having a. You know, pioneered as long as he has too. Big facts, and that's why he said because he put out a tweet that said the, and it wasn't like saying that they're the greatest two electronic artists or anything at all. He was just saying that the two artists who made the most impact in the past decade for the electronic world were Skrillex and Disclosure, because with those two artists, they literally set the mainstream world on electronic music. Yeah, that's not even arguable, honestly. No, it's not. It's, and it's funny because. People will probably sit here and argue all day that that's not true. There was, like, Skrillex I'll say this. was the first song I ever heard. That yeah. Was and, and, and I was and in gym class. Most American kids would be lying if they said that wasn't the truth for them, straight up. Yep. Oh, yeah. As much as we don't want to admit it because we like, you know, headier shit now. It's like, Skrillex really, tur- like, like, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites put everyone on to a whole different type of music. Oh, yes. Because no, and that's what's funny is a lot of pop and hip hop at that time was being produced by electronic means, but no one understood that. And so there wasn't. It wasn't until we heard sounds that were just so crazy they had to be from the computer that we really realized, like, wait, there's a whole world out there. And then of course all the producers and the people that were doing that, they were all like, yes, like this is here. We've been doing this. Yeah, Yeah. love this shit. And so and even here we are, you know, 15 years later, and it's still, still the same way. Like I knew it was some. I knew it was some shit when I was at Bonner in 2012, and I was there. uh, I think it was what was it? It was a Friday night or Saturday night? I can't remember. It was one of the two. Yeah, but, I mean, this, this is was fucking. Bonner 2012. Yeah, exactly. This is years ago, and your boy was lit, <laughs> litty, litty, litty. And I was going to see Jizza perform that night because Jizza was doing Liquid Swords in its entirety, front to back. Wow. And as a hip hop head, I'm going to be a Jizza, of course. Now at the same time, Skrillex is playing. This is at midnight, so I'm looking around me at the tent that Jizza's at. I mean. Shouts to everybody that was there at that tent. But I got to say, there was maybe like 250, 300 people there. And Skrillex is performing across the way. And you turn around and you look out of that tent and you just see a fucking sea of people. Just a sea. He's not even playing at the main stage. Sea of fucking people there. And that was when I realized, I was like, Okay, like this is where like the whole thing changes from here on out, pretty much. Yeah, and it has it hasn't really stopped either. I mean, literally a hip hop legend performing a legendary hip hop album from front to back, and there was like three hundred people. Well, it's there. crazy. People even now still don't even know about a lot of that hip hop. It's still so underground, but it's not. It has a huge like numbers wise. It's it's pretty big, but oh yeah, when it comes to consumerism and festivals and like that world. Skrillex is going to beat that all day. 
Yep. Still. I mean, you see that time and time again with that festivals that you like. I mean, case in point at Okeechobee, there was the same uh, second year, I believe. There was a guy named uh, Gotti. He's a uh, world DJ and like bass producer. Yes. Been around for uh, forever. Like old school from UK. Makes like reggae, dr- dub, you know, dance hall, Word. breaks, jungle, like real, real, just real bass culture music that's international. And he was playing the same time as uh, I want to say it was Grizz at Okeechobee the second year. And we went over to a sit- set and there was maybe a hundred people at his set. But Grizz, you know, that that was packed. You couldn't even, you couldn't walk. Yep. And that's not to say Grizz is bad because Grizz is awesome. Like Grizz is definitely worth going to see, but it's just, it's just like, when is that disconnect, you know, going to be r- fully revealed or is it ever going to be, you know? It's an interesting thing to think about, that's for sure. Yeah. Just the nature of the music world, though. Yeah. And unfortunately, so much of the music world is branding now that if you're not willing to, you know, sell out that way, then you're not going to really ever... I mean, that's not to say ever, because if you think of someone like Frederick Chopin, great romantic classical piano composer, I mean, he died in disgrace with no money to his name. He definitely did. And he's one of the best composers, arguably, ever. So it's not to say, you know, your lasting impact on music can't be uh, And most people... And most people who don't know how to play piano at all know how to play chopsticks without even realizing that it's Chopin. Yeah, the most fundamental. Exactly. Like yes, arguably more fundamental than Fear Release, which is saying a lot. But yeah, <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I was gonna say, ooh, you you out here testing the waters. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. I think you might have hit the uh, the thing again. Maybe the switch. Yeah, that switch. The switcheroo. We're back on. He's getting it. Yeah, we back out here. I think it's just the. Uh, yeah, just angle it up a little Boom. more. There like pull the mic like up like Yeah. <laughs> the magic. The, the magic. magic. Just happened. Yes indeed. So you discover electronic music at an unknown age. Uh, no, I was probably <laughs> around fifteen, fourteen years old when I discovered electronic music. But I didn't know what it was so far as I liked it. I liked beats a lot. I was listening to a lot of hip hop. I was writing my own raps and, you know, making my own beats at the time. Cause I discovered FL Studio when I was thirteen and downloaded it to my parents' computer. And uh, pretty much was like, FL Studio changed what I was interested in. You know, I was probably 13, 14 years old, downloaded that, started, started playing around with that. Never made anything good for probably three or four years, but I was, I was fucking around with it, trying, you know. And then I would say it was probably junior year of high school when I really discovered what dubstep was and, like, and understood what it meant to like, like dubstep in the form. But it took me graduating, you know, probably freshman year of college, when I really got into it in deep. And like, that was... That was just I discovered a whole side of electronic music, discovered dubstep. I was hanging out with a lot of friends from Atlanta that were like super into the dubstep scene, and they kind of showed me a lot of what that was, and I was really into it. And then, you know, that just was when I started going to festivals and discovering music, and you know how it goes. You you dig, you listen, and the more and more you, you dig, the more and more you realize what you like. Yes. And I, I distinctly remember, though, going to Pass the Good in uh, 2016 and seeing the Whittler play, though. And watching him drop some tunes on like a function one set, and I was just like, okay, this. I, I had known what the you know the deeper dubstep was. And I understood the dubs dubs and like what that music was, but that was my first time I ever saw like a proper set in a live setting where I was. I was like, gonna say a Whittler set will do that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, this is really really cool. You know, like I like this. This more is than some anything shit. I've heard yet, and that was yeah. when, that was when I was also discovering rhythm heavy. So the rhythm world was starting to really pop off. And we had been listening to rhythm for probably three years at that point, but that was when the, that word was starting to like become something. A little and, more pervasive, yeah. And so we were, I was kind of rejecting that, not because I didn't like it, but because it was becoming so mainstream. I was like, I oh, let me find something that's better. And then I found that world and was just like launched into the music of the UK and Europe and 
from there, it's really no turning back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you discover drum and bass and, you know, halftime and and the beats and the real culture behind it that's just been around for a long time. Forever. Yeah. They've been (laughs) doing this shit for 30, 40 years since the synthesizers were invented practically. So Exactly. And that's a whole crazy story of itself. I mean, the the reason synthesizers even were invented is because a bunch of British scientists were doing a bunch of acid and they took a bunch of uh, old electronic equipment from the Royal Air Force after World War II in the 50s and 60s. And they were taking a bunch of psychedelics and messing around with this equipment and turning the oscillators that were used like in sonar and radar and stuff and turning them into sound design machines. And then they just created the synthesizer out of that. And then, of course, you know, when the first Rollins and the real synthesizers started getting sold in the 80s, it just changed the sound of everything. And oh, yes. From there, the, you know, you can just track the, the way it's changed. It's just so crazy to think about this the just a simple thing like that. Just a simple thing like scientists fucking around with something on psychedelics. Yeah, some smart dudes who just had too much time on their hands and all this equipment for cheap because the British Air Force was like, listen, just take it from us. Like we'll practically pay you. Like so crazy. It's cool. And it's it's really cool to think about now, you know, moving as we are here we are and like in the midst of it just really fully flourishing. So this Oh no, go ahead. Go no, on. Keep going, you're you're good. Oh, I was just going to say that was just going to it was going to bring me to when we met each other at Hula because myself, you know, like I, you know, I I I love all types of music and everything, but I definitely have a a huge soft spot in my heart for UK music, you know, the heavy deep dub. I love bass. drum and bass, yep. jungle, you know, I fuck with footwork, I fuck with garage, I fuck with oh, all. Yeah. So it's like when I think when you guys rolled up, I was just playing music or some shit. As I remember, we we we, we rolled up and I just hear the really good drum and bass playing. And I didn't think anything of it because all of our friends, you know, were were camped in that area. So I yes. was like, somebody's got it on. But then I was looking around where I was like, I don't I don't really know anyone exactly where we're camped at. They were all down, you know, 10, 15 feet. Uh-huh. So I'm like, who's playing this music? And then you kind of were just there. So I was like, hey, you Drake like drum and, and bass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, like, like drum and bass is awesome. Like, how do you know about this? And then. I mean, because it wasn't just like tunes, you know, it wasn't like a sub-focused tune or like something. Major. Exactly. It was like rollers and like deep shit. And uh-huh. I was like, wait a second. We're like, going in. Oh, like, yeah. These are real tunes over here. Like, this is cool. And as someone who likes that a lot and doesn't, you know, it was, know, know a lot of people in Florida that do, it's it was cool. Exactly. And that's why I was a little like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Apprehensive, I suppose. Because if somebody like you, as you're saying yourself, we're in Florida, like the drum and bass scene it's not huge whatsoever here. There's a lot of old heads, but shots of you there's, know. Yeah, there's a lot of well, that's the thing. There's a lot of old heads in Jacksonville, Orlando, Miami. Like they're out here, and there's a lot of people that live here that know what's up. But new heads. But there's not a lot of people that are there's act- no youngins. actively in the scene that know about this. Exactly. Stuff. So like, I was apprehensive a little bit. Like when we were talking about drum and bass, like, I'm, oh, I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I had mentioned while we were talking, I'd mentioned that I just came back from England or whatever to go see Aphex Twin, and then. Before I could even mention that I went to Hospitality in the Park, you were like, yeah, there's this drum and bass festival that just happened there, Hospitality in the Park. And I was like, dude, I was just there. Like, what the... That's when I was like, okay, never mind. All right, he's cool. He's good. Yeah, I I wish I would have gone, man. (laughs) Next year. (laughs) Buddy, buddy. Yeah, Boomtown is looking like it might happen next year, though. So, What's Boomtown? Uh, It's a massive festival in the UK, I guess, but it's not massive insofar as it's a... it's presence i think it's more of like the underground big one gotcha but i've heard from a lot of people that it's it's nuts like oh they have like a whole drum and bass stage like a whole dubstep stage a whole house stage 
Sounds but, good to uh, me. That sounds good to me. I'm going to take like two seconds. Yeah, do your thing. Most definitely. I wish that I could have a... Uh, I wish I could have more tea right now, honestly. I'm not going to lie. You want me to brew you some tea? You don't have to brew me any I tea. Would brew you some tea. You're more than fine. You don't have to worry about tea. It's okay. Teas are good. It's okay. It's, you don't have to worry about it. About I'm gonna have some tea afterwards. Oh, yeah. I'll wait. You know, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> calm. I'll hold off on the tea. Are you enjoying our conversation? By I'm the way, the tea. Yeah, the tea between you two is good. <laughs> Spill the tea. Drink some tea. <laughs> I have to say, by the way, now that we're yeah. now we have this brief aside. Yeah. Your shit that you put out on Twitter is absolutely ridiculous, might I say. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> like, you took it as a compliment immediately. Twitter Which is, it was supposed to be. It's definitely a compliment. It's a free world out there. It is. You just got to take what you can get out from it. It and, is. You know, I don't know quite what that means, but <laughs> I like to. I, I meant it in a good I like way. I like find the essence. You know, on Twitter, and I try, <laughs> to, I try to make that. I think your Twitter definitely embodies that. Thank like, you. That's at a at a I'll be your Doug, which is <laughs> a Hangover reference. So. I just uh, uh, sometimes the shit that uh, I was just telling her the shit that I see on her Twitter all the time is just the most unnecessary shit, but it's it's the most necessary okay, shit. Also, what else, what else is Twitter really for, though? It's very good point. Very, that's. That's how I look at her Twitter. It's like it's just the way Twitter is. It's exactly what she was just saying. That's how I live my life. She was saying the line of necessary and unnecessary. It's fair. Lines. It's also fair. Walk after line. after getting to know you, I would say that this is pretty pretty Don't accurate. Duality. <laughs> We're big on duality. She was she was saying that she's just trying to embody the uh, the spirit of Twitter, which I can understand. Yeah, I can see that roughly. Yeah, I mean it's. Roughly. You're in there. You're tap. You're tapped in. You're tapped in, as as the kids would say. <laughs> is that what they say now? That is what they say. I Tap like in. It's, it's weird not being a kid anymore, right? It's strange. It's, it's bizarre. I started. I did the first time uh, since my birthday the math of when I'm gonna die. Right. Instead of being young, like how do you, how know, do, you do that? You Wait, know, what? You're like, oh, we got about sixty years left now. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of being like the Wait, opposite. There's math to do. To there's like a rough estimate. You know? Okay, I don't want that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we live in Orlando, you so get we get on I four. You know, you could die. So big Honestly. facts. These are very big facts. Sad as it is, but I feel you. They need to get that shit done, dude. This is bad. It's not gonna happen anytime soon. It's not okay. I'm convinced it's a money laundering. um, I was totally convinced. Enterprise. Yeah, definitely. Probably shouldn't say this on air, but you know they're listening. It's crazy, but I mean it's some old bullshit. Regardless of what it is, bro. Think about how long construction's been happening in this town. And these projects are huge. It's not stopping anytime soon either. No, it's just they're revamping it up to another level right now. Oh yeah. Honestly, I've I am going to go ahead and guess probably another forty, fifty years they're gonna be working on I four again, more than likely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we probably won't see a change in the I four until the trains show up, because we're having a there's there they are building a rail line right now. Oh yeah, they finally that's the project start, I'm on. Finally started. Wow, that's epic. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know all about yeah, this. Yeah, yes. I won't even tell you then, but Indeed. I would love to hear more from you sometime. Ah, we can talk after this. Yeah. yeah, I don't know too much about it, honestly. Yeah. I know the they. Yeah, you know the. I'm on a need to know basis. Oh, yes. they're not gonna be telling you all this stuff. Yes, <laughs> so you probably know the, what the press release said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, though, at least it's happening finally. It's much needed. I have heard tell, though. I will say this. I've said it on the podcast before. I have heard tell. It's not confirmed yet, but they are trying to take the train all the way to Vegas. Wow. Yes. Take which is it. 
Which is Honestly, what should have been should, happening. Yeah, I would say we should have had that since bef- after the interstate was created. Yep. Oh, yeah. Def- but, I mean, what's funny about the interstate, though, is the interstate was purely military motivation. The people that created yes. the interstate was Dwight D. Eisenhower. What who is was that? Vegas motivation. Like, like. That's not, that's consumerism. That's money. That's, that's, that's consumer money. But the interstates were literally only created because the U.S. military needed a roads to get around on if we got invaded. Yep. That was their primary motivation. They could give two shits about the citizens. They wanted exactly. the military to have roads. Which is funny because that just shows everything our government does is military motivated. I actually it's not changed really. So I actually just found out on the last podcast because we were talking about the train as well. The very last one I just did, I found out from my last guest that the commercial train lines were all bought up by the automobile industry, and because they knew that once the automobile industry was starting to pick up, they were like, "Oh, we realize that we can pretty much." somewhat have a monopoly well, on the transportation system. Yep. It's huge so they bought out all the commercial lines, basically stopped all the commercial lines and just and put and that and. yep and just put that towards just the uh business usage for train lines. Yeah, because so I mean, that's what you you only see trains being used commercially for transportation. Yep. That's which it. is wild because they're one of the best ways to transport people. And if you exactly. have a high speed rail I mean that just goes back to a lot of America's ties with deep oil money within like Saudi Arabia, America, Russia, like a lot of the stuff that's been happening for the past, you know, 80 to 100 years, 60 to 80, 100 years. I mean, even the formation of Saudi Arabia as a country was, they they took a a desert warlords ruling their people and gave them, you know, the power of 21st or 20th century technology and a lot of money and said we're taking oil out of the ground. I mean, it's just insane what's happened since. It's ridiculousness. And it's just like when I was in England this year, and I'm riding the train over to Manchester. I'm just like, what the fuck? Why have? Why can't I do this to St. Augustine or to Miami or to fucking Atlanta? Like, I should be able to do this instead of having to either... I mean, we should be able to get on a train and go to Vegas. Big facts. Like, yes. that shouldn't be even a problem. Yes. There should be a trip that you can make in as quick as high-speed trains can go. I should in be, Europe, I should be able to, to ride... Japan. I should be able to ride to Miami on a Saturday night, get as fucked up as possible, go to the club space till be 8 in the morning, and come back hours. right afterwards. Yes. Yeah, get on a plane at 9 a.m. and yeah, go back to Orlando. Train, at, train, yeah. At, yeah, at 4, 4 p.m. Yep. Or 4 a.m. 4 a.m. And, and be drunk be as hell on the train, sleep yeah. on the train, for and show up at my house. Yep, exactly. 10, you know, I'd be good. So I should have been able to do this for so fucking long now. Yeah, it, it's crazy because probably just it would be interesting to see like what you were talking about with the commercial train lines and the automobile industry buying it. It'd be very interesting to see why, how that's just persisted since then. Exactly. And it'd be very interesting to see who owns a lot of these uh, companies that are shipping, who owns the rail companies in general, what their ties are. Cause you hope if that weird shift that that's all like rumored of uh, cars like you know becoming more like Uber based and like you know like in the future when the like ownership of personal cars like starts to Dwindle. decline yeah like if the train like rate right like if that rises that would well that will be a direct correlation yeah because once the trains show up people are gonna be selling their cars because if you live in New York City right oh, now yeah. and you have a car you're probably questioning every day why you own that car but it's a reality you have to live with because yep. you know I need to drive down to Philadelphia you know once a month maybe yeah or I need to whatever but if you have trains that are connecting every major city. A lot of that private automobile ownership you see now, people wanting to be, have the freedom to go places, is going to disappear because you'll be able to, you know, go to Atlanta from Orlando. And exactly. And they, and they, I mean, Orlando's a weird city because in Orlando, there's the public transportation is shit. Yeah, there's absolutely so, zero. Pretty but, much. But if you're in somewhere like Boston or Chicago or New York, where there is a, you know, very legitimate public transportation, I would not system, have a car. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, except for the fact that maybe you want to go out of state. Maybe. Maybe. Even then, I probably wouldn't. I'd, I'd yeah. probably just rent a car at that point, Facts. more than likely. 
But I mean, if you have a train in place, then think about how many more of those people are definitely going to sell their car. Exactly. That's what I was saying. When I was in England, I was just like, I would not have a car here, especially if I was in London. There would be absolutely zero way I'd have a car in London. Yeah. Because they have, like, uh, in London, when you go into actual London proper, they, it's so congested there because there's so many people now in London that they have a congestion fee. Wow. Every day, if you want to take your car into downtown London and drive it around, you have to pay a congestion fee to actually do so. Kind of smart. It is smart. It's a way of discouraging people. I, I don't think the government deserves their money, but... So the well, only people... You hope that that money goes towards the transportation. The only people driving around in downtown Probably. London are Maybe. either... They're either taxi drivers or Uber drivers, pretty much. Those are the only people driving around. Yeah, because everybody else is on the tube. at that point, so it's like, yep. all right, we're paying that charge and we're going to go hustle it and make exactly. more money. I mean, yeah, you do hope that, that, that it goes towards transportation, though. Because You'd hope. But I mean, the, the amount of money that's lost in infrastructure in every government, though, is absurd. Oh, yes. I mean, the U.S. government alone just failed their first audit, and they failed for $21 trillion. This happened this year. We out here. That's insane. We yeah, out here. And this is a fact. In the Pentagon alone, there was 60,000 transactions that were missing to the tune of $16 trillion. And that's like what Rumsfeld said before when, uh, what was that shit? When he was just like, oh, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah. It was right before 9-11. He was like, I would think it was the day or two days before 9-11 happened. Literally. And he was just like, oh, yeah, we've got uh, $3 trillion of unaccounted for receipts, Yeah, basically. And, and then they knocked down two buildings, or more than that, actually, like four buildings. Where all the... All the records are being held. Yeah, for. about Building Seven. I mean, that's yep. Area Fifty One. That 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 alone should wake anyone up. If you're any way like a doubter of nine eleven being sketchy, just look up Building Seven, and it will change your opinion. Because that 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 building was you know nine ten blocks away from Ground Zero with the World Trade Center. No plane hit it. Nothing happened there. Yet it falls in complete controlled demolition style mere mere hours after the World Trade Center falls. And there was never really a report other than, you know, there was like, I think what they say, like debris or something caused yep. it to fall. Like, it's absurd. Some old bullshit. Absurd. Some old bullshit. But, I mean, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> we can talk about this kind of stuff forever. Oh, yeah. That's and, a, that's the type of shit I usually get lost yeah, in, Yeah, and, pe- and But people are waking up, and, and that's why the internet is amazing, because the internet, you can't really hide. And, and Google actively tries to suppress free speech on the internet and, free, oh, yes. and knowledge. like. Even down to the way politics is, is reported, like, and I'm no fan of Donald Trump to say that I like him, but the the fact of the matter is a lot of facts regarding his campaign are misrepresented by Google, and he's misrepresented by Google, Facebook, a lot of these platforms as a whole, which is not to say that um, it, it's a bad thing for him, but the question is, is when do you draw the line? Because it's not always going to be someone like Donald Trump who's in the hot seat. It's exactly. Gonna, it could be your person that you really, really, really believe in. I mean, this yep. is why we're in the mess we're in right now to begin with. Because in the Obama regulations, the Obama rolls back everything. Obama gives himself so many powers to do whatever he wants. And if you like Obama, you know, good for you, good for you. That's a good thing. But but look who's next. You literally handed that power over to someone like Trump. Big facts. And he's doing the same thing and worse. And and he's just going to keep that train going. Big and wh- facts. And whoever's next, and maybe it's Joe Biden. So yeah, your team's winning again, or or your team's losing again. But regardless, they don't deserve that much power. It's just at the end of the day, like the thing that I don't understand, because I've definitely lost friends from this past four years, actually, of Trump being in office just because I look at things objectively. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, things are being misrepresented. Like, I'm not going to like, yeah. sure, I don't like him either, but I'm not going to pretend like I mean, like th- these these facts aren't incorrect. Yeah. Like, And at the end of the day, I think it's awesome that people are starting to wake up. Like we talked about this a lot the reason Trump's presidency is such a big deal is because for once they're not hiding it. Cause if Hillary would have been elected, 
we probably would be going through the same stuff, but you wouldn't yep. ever see any of it ever reported. You wouldn't see the the, the the mainstream news networks would not be talking about it. You might get get a little bit from you know the 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 underground, but this total collapse of the system upon itself only happened because someone like Trump got in power. Exactly. And everything that's being exposed is as a result of that. And you know, Trump might go down with all of them. That's the thing. And that's, exactly. And, and yeah. good, good, honestly, if he deserves to go down, like take him down. Yep. But they're exposing themselves, and it's funny because the, even if Trump loses in a year, things are not ever going to be the same again. In our oh country. no, definitely not, definitely not. That's why, like, watching the whole impeachment thing, I was laughing at it the whole time. I was like, man, like, I have I'm seeing all these other tweets on Twitter about you know their side, like everybody's talking about their team and whatever, whichever side they're on. And I'm like, I don't know why the fuck you guys are all talking about your teams and shit, because literally all I'm seeing is a bunch of fucking crooks talking to other or debating with other crooks about the main crook in the room like yep. you're all fucking crooks and they're like, all trying to hide their crookedness exactly <laughs> like it, like come on guys come on let's let's be real yeah. i know what you're doing i think the hard thing with politics is like it's supposed to be so personal you know our people take it personally but it's like such an impersonal thing like truly like on it's like all its bases well like, that's a really good point because the nature of the personality of politics is, is, is a big part product of how the way the media sells it and the way that the nature of mass media has created a demand for politicians to be, to identify themselves as a media personality that wants yep. to identify people. Like they want to be liked. They make it personal from the get-go. That's their mission. That's how they get elected. Yep. So everyone takes it personally. That's, that's their guy or it's their party. In reality, like what you just said, they're all crooked. They're all corrupt. But how do you, you know, take that mask off of people who have been, you know, brainwashed if you will brainwashed is a, is a harsh word but they, they've been they've been conditioned a certain way of thinking yes. about a certain structure you know yes and, and and it's impossible i mean that's how you have like people that are good people that will you know they will support the republican party till the day they die or people that are genuinely good people will support the democratic party till the way they die if you sat these people in the same room they agree on probably 90 percent of life exactly and the things they don't agree on are probably pretty minuscule it's but they will literally hate each other over this and that's why it's ridiculous to me like i i'm not even lying i have had multiple friends that i people that i thought i considered good friends i've lost people who have blocked me and shit on social media just oh, yeah. for some dumb ass shit that they could have came and talked to me in person face to face and they would have understood exactly where i was coming from but they were just like oh no i'm going to get angry about this right now because I can't read your context. Well, yeah. I can't read your tone. I don't have any eye contact with you. And I'm going to assume you mean this, this, and this from everything you've written out. Which is like, why? Yeah, because like, yeah, it's like personalized. Like, you read it yourself. Like, you exactly. read it in your exactly. own mind and your own brain. It's like, yeah, you bring your worldview to everything. Like, everything is read in your perspective, your worldview, your preconceived story that everything yep. fits into. Like, think of it like a frame story almost. Like, your world is your frame story, and everything you see fits into your frame. So, if it doesn't, you know, agree inherently agree and this is this is assuming by the way that you're not critically thinking about every single thing you see because that's really hard to do like i think not even people who want a critical think i like to think i think critically which is why i remove everything that i can critical think about <laughs> on the internet and why my twitter is so stupid <laughs> yeah, full, full, <laughs> like, full circle right now. follows all real news sources follows fake news <laughs> so like just yeah we follow the babylon b out here fair Fair. Three-legged dog skis down Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, thank you. This is what I need to know. <laughs> Did you actually say a three-legged dog ski down Mount Kilimanjaro? <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Yeah, uh, National Enquirer. Are you being serious? For real? Oh, yeah. That, that questions the whole validity uh, of it right now. That's what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> the damn, National see, Enquirer is, alone. 
I don't know. Maybe I should start following the National Enquirer on Twitter, honestly. I mean, even mean. if it's true or not, it's still good content. They've got UFOs, a UFOs. Ha- they've like, got a Twitter yeah, account, yeah. right? They've got to have a Twitter account. Honestly? Yeah, yeah of I course. Got they've got to have of course. one. There's no, no they, way. They do. It's probably like a big N in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to National Enquirer. Yeah. Doing it for the real people out there. Yeah, yeah they, you know what we want to see. <laughs> they, they got that they got that real content I'm here for. Big facts. Yeah. No, anyways, though, but yeah, it it's just an interesting time to live in now, most definitely with all that shit. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a we're seeing a paradigm shift from the industrial age to the technological age, and it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out because it's either going to collapse around us or humans are going to find a way to to mend with technology. Yes, and and there's no other really paths. Cause no, we're doing, I mean, even the f- the first microchip was embedded into the yeah. human brain last week in China. This is a thing that's. I mean, they've been doing it in Sweden. You can pay. With a chip embedded in your hand, you can swipe over things now. It's fucking crazy. It's a real thing that exists that, that they literally are actively putting into people every day if you want to do it. fucking at crazy. Nat Inquirer. Ah, at nice. Nat Inquirer. Nice. Yeah. Plugged. And I'm assuming you just followed them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Why are we even asking? Yeah. yeah, they're talking about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. So, y'all, you know. Is that still a conversation? That's still a thing. Apparently, she has turned down Tinseltown against her. Where is Tinseltown? Okay, Hollywood. Enough. Tinseltown. Yeah, Tinseltown's Hollywood. Really? Wow. Get with the program. Jeez. I'm I'm shooketh. Wow. I can't believe you. Sorry. Don't even know what Tinseltown is. My bad, y'all. You call yourself an American. My God. Sheesh. (laughs) It goes deeper than that. Wow. Go back to America school. Wow. Well, we already know Ameri- America that? School does not teach anyone anything. So. <laughs> we've already, ta- we've already sh- like called out the Board of Education in this podcast. So like, <laughs> that is <laughs> the Department of Education. Okay, uh, well, oh, shit. Board Department. Anyways, so we, we it's it's easy to go on rants in this podcast. That's for sure. Uh, it's all Which is why I like this podcast. Yeah, but uh, so you you discover your deep dub and okay, uh, yes, yes. You were at the Whittler set. That's that's yeah. where we. I know we we, we, uh, we go off in many I, I many was, ways. I was at a Whittler set and I, I was uh standing in front of the function ones, you know, um, just really you know feeling good, and uh, yeah, it changed my life. It was a really cool experience, you know, lots of good dub stuff, and I wouldn't say that it was necessarily like one of the like greatest technical sets ever, but it was more so that it was the first time for me hearing proper sound system music on a sound system like in the environment near springs we were outside you know it was awesome and then from there really just launched my entire dig into the world of electronic music or not electronic music the world of dubstep because it went from me thinking dubstep you know was a certain sound to realizing dubstep really is just bass music at 140 beats per minute with any sound yes and there's no limits to it so that's what's cool about the music is that it's literally just baseline oriented grooves that i mean there's a general you know structure but at the same time like there's a lot of forward thinking dubstep that comes out every year that is reinventing what the sound even means to be. My favorite thing to do is to explain to people that, exactly that right there, and especially like bringing them just the, the simple knowledge of yeah. why dubstep is called dubstep is because it it was those original bass lines taken from dub reggae. Like, yeah, put over like two-step, essentially sped up a little bit. Exactly. And half-timed, honestly. And then when you tell people this, they're like, because everybody now is just so conditioned to think, you know that dubstep is robots whirring and all of that yeah exactly transformers and all that shit and then you're just like but no there's all of this and this and this 
It's then not, you see the light go on in their eyes, yeah. and you're like, ah. Well, I think a lot of it's about giving them the proper experience to understand it. Be- f- similar to my experience with the Whittler yeah, set. Yeah, like, true to the art. Yeah, and like, I mean, we any one of us can think of proper sound system experience we've had that's just, that's when you understand what the art is really about. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it's bigger than just a tune, you know. It's it's a whole experience, and it's a, it's a feeling. You know, it, it goes back to the roots of, you know, dub culture and reggae and yes. baseline culture in general. And that's what's really cool about it is there's such a deep history to dubstep and where it comes from that being a part of it is epic because this is like a culmination of, you know, maybe a thousand years of music history into one genre. And and, and very similar to dubstep, arguably, is hip hop and what hip hop has kind of become as a mainstream in America because hip hop evolved out of the same places that dubstep evolved out of. It just took a different form because hip hop evolved, you know, out of the dance island rhythms coming into the blues and the jazz and then coming into, you know... Yep. I mean, we talked about this earlier, the sequencers, samplers, like synthesizers. Like Once that stuff started becoming a popular and, and accessible, people would just start influence, taking every influence. But uh, exactly. ultimately, a lot of it goes back to the baseline. A lot of it goes back to island rhythms, which can ultimately be traced back to Africa. Yep. So a lot of it comes from this, like, you know, this different r- rhythmic structure even compared to Western music, which is what I come from as a Western musical background. So you hear the you hear in the rhythm, though, especially is how how much the rhythmic elements of, you know, Afro tribal music super tribal yeah comes into pop culture now and now if you look at hip-hop a lot a lot of the biggest pop tunes are like dance hall beats pretty much yep and it's like yep <laughs> you know now people want to learn about dance hall and drill and all this it's like we've drills been around like, <laughs> exactly you guys have like five songs you all know right now like gucci makes drill music like yep exactly <laughs> but it just takes someone you know like drake to in show people th- what that is and then they can you know then they can open their mind they can latch on to it yeah. yeah what you were yeah. talking about earlier yep yeah. That's why it's ne- necessary to have, you know, a mainstream culture. But it's cool to see people trying to nod at least to the underground. Most definitely. But shout out to all the artists that do that. Cause that's what it's about. Most definitely. And there's a lot. And that's what's cool about the scene. I mean, even in the rock music scene, I feel like what pop and rock mainstream wise. And then you find the whole jam band festival rock scene. And like there's people that have been in this culture killing it for their entire career. With not really any nod from the mainstream world, like like so exactly. like, cheese and, like no one has a fucking clue who String Cheese is. Yet they're one of the most like influential blues bands of our time. If arguably. I try to tell somebody who Lotus is, they'd be like, "Who the fuck is that?" More than likely. Yeah, and but they're incredible. Yes. And oh they're yeah. Respected to, to, to every end of this of the, oh, of the world, yeah. honestly, like they're internationally respected for yep. what they do. And that's what's cool, though, is that uh, kind of going back to our Chopin talk, like music is music, and it, especially living on the internet now, like sh- stuff gets immortalized. And people latch on to the sounds they love, and it, it might take you know hundreds of years for it to, to evolve into what it means. But there's not reason any not there's not that's not any reason to not do it, you know. Most definitely. Now your own foray into producing your own music after this, after the the experience with the Whittler, and then so I'll, I'll take it back a little bit before the Whittler, just so you understand my production background before I really found deep dubstep and like that sound. So when I was 13, I said I'd found FL Studio because of actually Bass Hunter. I don't yep, know yep. Bass Hunter. He was a techno producer from the from oh, Europe. No Bass Hunter, yeah. So I found his music and I was reading blogs with him. And, and cr- dude, I haven't heard that name in so fucking long. I, I know. It's wow. Like, bro, I was like in eighth grade, probably <laughs> wow. seventh, seventh grade. And I remember people showed me like old Bass Hunter, and I like that's taking me back. I was like, this is electronic music, you know? Because at the time, like electronic to me wasn't you know production that was in like you know a Jason Derulo song. You know, because at the end of the day, that was produced electronically. Yep. But pr- electronic to me was, you know, that techno shit and that dubstep shit. Oh, yeah. So I found Bass Hunter, and I was like, this guy's cool. And I was reading an interview with him, and he talked about FL Studio. So I Googled it, downloaded it, 
installed the demo on my parents' computer and just started making hip-hop beats off the demo of FL Studio. I did that till I was probably 18 off a demo version of Fruity Loops. Like, Pretty just, much just hip-hop beats. Yeah, making trap beats. I, could, I have my computer here. Like, they're not, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> they're not bad either. Some of them are pretty decent, you know, compositions. Because I was a composition kid. Like, I was taking composition classes at the time. So I knew how to write music, but I didn't understand necessarily production. But... Really, I love trap. So when I found electronic music, this was like the beginning of that big festival trap boom. Yes. They got, was very big for like a few years. Anyone like who Floss. Was, yeah, and 2014. Yeah, Floss, Shadamas, Carnage. Yeah. Tonight. Like, yeah, like your... Your Loud Pack. Beginning oh. of Flume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like just way back when... That was a magical time. It man. really was. Like festival <laughs> trap was honestly like heroes and villains type shit. Like festival trap was... Uh, it was popping and it was really good. Magical time. But it transitioned to dubstep very quickly. Like that sound, people wanted that drop at 140. And that's yes, what Festival Trap was. So I found Festival Trap and like as a trap hip hop producer already, I was like, this is pretty cool. So I, I never really made Festival Trap per se, but that was more of where my vibe was at. And I was still making a lot of trap beats, but it was honestly more drill trap beat oriented. Gotcha. Like it, was, it was still hip hop beats. But then fast forward, you know, 2016, my sound is definitely shifting. I'm finding the the better music, if you will. And then I'm really trying to like dig. My buddy puts FL Studio on my computer, like the full version. And then I see the Whittler set. And then pretty much from there, I just started really just... Oh, now we're not fucking around. Yeah, <laughs> at that point, I was like, okay, I know what I like. I found what I like. I listened to hours and hours and hours of other people's music, kept digging, and then just tried my best. I spent, I've literally spent the past three, three years since then uh, just working on a sound. And I've released maybe... 10 tracks if you will since then but i have over you know over 100 on my computer that i've been working on hey. so I've, I've definitely been working hard and th- that's why this year going forward like i want to take everything that i found because because it didn't stop with dubstep you know it went from dubstep to drum and bass to like halftime to just all the, the spectrum of bass music and i make all of that like on my computer i have lots of hip-hop beats dubstep you know trap drum and bass halftime i have uh lo-fi beats i have you know trap beats i have it gar- spans the garage game, yeah. i have everything I, I just like sound so i just try to make whatever i can recreate but what's cool is i'm finally getting to a point in my production knowledge that i'm able to actually do what i hear and so far as when i hear music in my head i know how to recreate it and i know how to do it melodically speaking like my knowledge of theory is very good but it's more about sound design and creating the actual production. And I've finally gotten to that point where I understand that a lot and working with, there's been a lot of artists, you know, that have helped me get there, but namely the Whittler, he's one of the biggest ones that's inspired me and he's been huge help. Like I'm, I'm in his live streams probably once or twice a week and he knows who I am. He's listened to tons of my music, giving me mad criticism. Like that's uh, it's been about four years now of him, like being able to like, you know, let mentor me on music. And it, and I'm not saying he's the only one because there's a lot of people that have helped, but it's cool to see how it's all changed. And, uh, this year going forward, I'm definitely trying to release an album that kind of sums up what I've been doing over the past three, four years and really pick, you know, the best maybe 15, 20 songs that I've worked on or, or still might write more and uh, that captures an energy and a vibe. And that's where I'm at. So I'm still trying to work on, like, figuring all that out. Fuck yeah. But a lot of what I'm focused on is medieval style melodies combined with a more, like, hip hop 140 rhythm. So I'm sampling a lot of old Renaissance, you know, choir music, a lot of old... Uh, a lot of older stuff like that. I mean, I sampled the Palestrina record, which is like 1400s Gregorian chant, you know? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and I sampled that. And I, and I mean, if you hear the sample, it sounds nothing like Palestrina or through a choir, but it's a very ethereal sounding tune, you know? And it's, it's a very interesting concept. So I really want to bring that medieval Renaissance vibe to the whole project and really have just like a very dark um, energy with, with just dark, you know, mystical, very chant-like stuff. Fuck yeah. 
So that's kind of my uh, very fire. my vision going forward. So and I have my I have a really good buddy doing the the visuals. I'm very excited about his uh, album art. Um, Survive the trap. He's a very talented graphic designer. Oh yeah, I know him. I know him very well. That's the homie right there. Some uh, some usage. <laughs> she kill it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's frustrating. It is what it is. It is what it is. I am going to. I was going to say I am going to jump into the heat of the week here very soon, so we can yeah, just we I can pack us a fresh one right afterwards. Bet. Yeah. So I guess to sum up, then, um, new album coming. Yes. Super excited about it. It's been a lot of like three or four years of work now to to put into it. Are you giving yourself a deadline to release it by? Twenty twenty. You're not no pressure. Okay. Twenty twenty because it was supposed to be this past year. Originally, it was going to be an EP, but. I just the mo- every t- the mo- every release date we set and it got closer and there was just a lot to be done and the music never felt finished so I never and I'm bi- I've released a lot of music and I've done a lot with music spanning many genres like I've released string quartets I've released hymns I've written for ch- churches I've released yep. you know I've released songs in the electronic world all of that um, to be said I d- I didn't feel right about releasing any of the tunes they just didn't feel ready so I wanted to um I wanted to keep writing and keep perfecting my sound now that I'm at a place where like I look back on the music, you know, I made it a year and a half ago that I thought was really good quality, and I feel like it sucks because I've gotten very, I've, I've I've refined my sound, if you will, and it's really cool to to have that because I really want to just release what I have now coming forward. Maybe pick a few from that era that Word. are I think are good enough, but really just like focus on what I write now. I got because you. a lot of that was just you know figuring it out and uh, definitely for, for every definitely. song in there that was halfway decent worth releasing, there's three more that are just ideas, you know. Definitely. I, mean, I can I can totally relate because you know it's I I didn't get good at podcasting right off the bat and as both of you saw today I'm still fucking shit up like yeah but I mean <laughs> but I think I think with you though to go back to that I think it fits into our conversation really well I think a lot about life is just doing and learning and failing and trying always yes and so what's cool about the way you handled it is it's obvious you've been doing podcasts for a while because even though shit was going wrong you figured it out quickly you troubleshooted you made it happen exactly an amateur just sits here and panics there's been multiple times where I've done exactly that but that was at the start of the show exactly. when you know when I lost my shit in front of everybody and everybody's like oh do we like, like what do we do stay? Do we are we still doing this? He yeah. seems pissed off. Like let's ha- now it's just like okay, shit's fucking up. All right, good. we're gonna figure it out. Yep, exactly. We'll, we'll work it out, and you know whatever. We'll get right back to it after that. Yeah, so, and I that's totally. That's what it's all about, though. And that's how you get good at something. Exactly. And Trial and error. That's how you know you're good at something when Trial you just figure it out. Yep, no, so. most definitely. Props to you. So be on the lookout for some new motherfucking yeah. music, yo. Yeah, and besides that, just really just trying to um, trying to build some sound systems this year. That's a big goal. Because uh, I've been doing a lot of cabinetry work and definitely want to start building my own boxes and Ooh. sound. And it's not going to start off easy. I'm not expecting anything big this year from that, but I'm going to learn. Most definitely. You know, it's it's in the works. Exactly. That's all that matters. I'm building my first box within the next few months. Oh, shit. That's for a fact. I oh, just gotta, shit. I just got to order the parts from Crutchfield and get the wood. I already have a design that my brother's been helping me draw up. And. Yeah. So we going to be out I here. I got the drills. You know, I got the glue. We're going to be out here. Yeah. You already know. Yeah, well, uh, thank you so much for having me out, man. Oh, most definitely. And we're we're going to listen to some Heat of the Week real fast, too, oh, uh, before I before I let you get out of here. We going we gonna to do this real fast. You know, you already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're about to hear the Trap House Heat of the Week.
Shouts to King Carlo on the beat, as always. Yes, indeed. My homie, King Carlo, kind enough to supply the Trap House with uh, multiple instrumentals. I was say, if you ever need any beats, man, I'll send you some stuff over. Oh, I am not going to say no. I got a lot. <laughs> definitely not going to say no. We will, we will talk more after the show, most definitely. Yes, it is Heat of the Week time. You already know what it is. Potentially my favorite time of the week. Not really, because I love having these conversations with everybody. Because yeah, but music. Yeah, but music, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. But we wouldn't have got to talk about, you know, all these beautiful things like Twitter being the hellhole it is and, you know, the education system. And How is it free? That's the only question I'm going to ask. What, Twitter? Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty great entertainment for being free. I know. There's honestly, honestly, there's been so many moments where I'm like, man, I got to delete this shit off my phone. And as soon as I do that, I scroll down and I see something that I laugh raucously at out no, loud. I, I can't delete this. Uh, I know. I'm just like, man, why would I ever do this? I, I can't do that. I can't do that to myself. I can't unsee it. Nope. Definitely nope. cannot. Oh, and that uh, track that I was talking about to my friend, my friend, uh, you know. Oh, he sent it up? No, never, never hit me back. So He's still sleeping. <laughs> more than likely, definitely still sleeping. I will say, uh, quick shout out, Fleetwood Snack. The homie is dropping an album tomorrow, and I did have an exclusive listen to it, and I was going to play one of the tracks for Heat of the Week this week. But the link expired on me right before, literally right before we were about to start the podcast. So what, what did you say that was Fleetwood Snack. Fleetwood Snack, yes. What a name! I I know, I know. And he's also the biggest piece of shit I ever met in my life. So just saying that, Travis, you are a fucking disgrace of a human being. I hope you're listening to this. You're a piece of shit. Actually, I will say wow. real real fast. The intro to his album. He let me. Uh, he let me listen to that as well. Uh, before he sent me the the private link, there was an episode of the Trap House way back in the day where myself and my other friend are talking shit on him, and he used that as his no uh, as way. his intro audio. Yeah, so uh, you know the name of that podcast episode actually was "Fuck Travis." Wow, I know. Fuck Travis. It's fuck Travis all day, all day, always. Fleetwood snack. Fleetwood snack. I know. He's yeah, he 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 killed it with that one. He did. I'll give him credit on that. Fleetwood snack. Anyways, so honorable mention to him. When the shit when the shit comes out tomorrow and I can actually play the music, you know, I'll feature it next week, maybe. Potentially. Anyways, heat of the week first up, we've got all Orlando natives actually in this bitch. We got the motherfucking homie J Rob, Selection family, dropping a uh he dropped a little. Well, he dropped a few tracks actually. He dropped some 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 gems, and uh, he he featured the homie Garrett Odom, Trap House alumnus, and Devin Tracy, Orlando representative as well. So all Orlando peeps in this bitch. Respect. Yes, indeed. Name of the song we're listening to is called Phase, and it's featuring Devin Tracy and Garrett Odom. Yes. And you can feel free to talk over and say anything you'd like, really.
flip flop. That right there's the thing that make me exhausted. I done dealt with a lot from you, shuffling around, trying to think about what your friends will do, acting like a clown. Jokers are wild. I don't like your style. I gotta say, because this is Garrett rapping right now, I gotta say, he's the only other dude I know right now that's playing Death Stranding. And shouts out to you, Garrett, because shit's hard. No matter what anybody says, whether, you know, they might say that it's a glorified Amazon delivery game. Doesn't matter. Typical. Death Stranding's fire. Fuck y'all niggas. Seriously, though, it is basically like a, you're pretty much an Amazon delivery guy, so that's pretty much what it is. Not even lying. That's pretty much exactly what the game is. It just came out a little bit ago. You're, you just literally deliver shit to people. That's that's all there is. Anyways, <laughs> now that I'm done with my video game talk, name of the song is Phase. It's by J-Rob. That man's nasty with the beat. I think you would really dig his, uh, his uh, trash compilations. He did Trash Volume 3, I'm pretty sure, this year. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, he's he's fire. He's fire with it, most definitely. Name of the song is Phase, featuring Devin Tracy and Garrett Odom. J-Rob, just nasty with the beats, too. That boy be out here doing some shit. Doing some shit. I will give you an option for this next song, because I got to pick between two. I don't know which one I want to pick. So it's either going to be it's either going to be some nice some nice up-tempo vibes with some full crate, a little housey, or some for his vibe ridiculously trappy goldie i'm inclined with the goldie okay i figured as much yeah i kind of gotta pick the goldie i figured as much it's interesting as trappy it's good it's definitely good i thought oh nope nope nope. Goldie's a legend what am i doing here what am i doing name of the song is drive the boat it's featuring dj diggum 305 this shit is just this shit's great uh this shit is great See, already starting off strong. Break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Shake that ass and make your baby daddy mad. It's very Miami booty bass. Shake that ass and make your baby daddy mad. Shake that ass and make your baby daddy mad. Now shake it, shake it, shake it to the floor. Shake it, shake it, shake it to the floor. Shake it, shake it, shake it to the floor. Shake it, shake it, shake it to the floor. Let's go. It kind of makes me think about what we were just talking about as well, about the versatility of bass music and stuff. Like, why would I be surprised that Goldie's making music like this? I'm not. I'm not surprised either, exactly. But but it's very different. Yes. Yes, it is. It's very different than what I'm used to with Goldie. It's, it's, like, almost, it's almost got a garage vibe. A little bit, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, shots to Goldie. It's, it's nice to see it just, you know, different things. Did you listen to that uh, solo album he did? Recently? Yeah. No, I don't think I did. You should listen to that yeah, one, no, too. Yeah, that's definitely on the list now. I didn't know that was a thing. It's like, uh, 
kind of I'd say it's more on the like ambient down tempo vibe oh, I'm excited then I love that I'm a big ambient it's good guy. it's definitely good it's uh hold on I will find the name of it too because I think he did it with another dude I think it was like a collaborative album name too then fuck what was it Okay. Oh, here it comes. Okay. Here it comes. Okay. Okay. Work. 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 Work it. Work it. Work it. Work it. Work it. Let's go. Go, he go. Try the bowl. Little trip go. Try the bowl. Dig him down. Go. Try the bowl. Try the bowl. Try the bowl. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name of the song is Drive the Boat. Shouts to Goldie. Trying to, I'm trying to see gold. Honestly, the boiler room that I went to go see in Miami was fire, but there is part of me that I'm just like, damn, I really should have just stayed in Orlando that night. And it was saw honestly Goldie. a really good Goldie set. That's what I heard. I heard a lot of some like it was a lot of jungle and old breaks and just legends type shit. I heard I heard they let him play for a while too. Yeah, almost almost probably over an hour and a half. God damn it! Because he played when I left, he'd already been playing like an hour and fifteen minutes. God damn. And it was over a set time, like 15 minutes when I left. God damn. And he kept going, supposedly. So. <sighs> Definitely worth. <sighs> but Boiler Room Miami is pretty, pretty legendary mean, as well. Boiler Room was fire, you know? But, I mean, they let Goldie go late. I was in Miami, and they literally stopped that bitch at like 159. In Miami. I know. I wow. was just like, wow, okay. What, wow, what worlds are we in? We're really doing this right now, guys. Okay, I guess. Whatever. Fuck it, I suppose. And uh, last but not least, Heat of the Week. We're going to listen to some Suicide Boys real fast. Name of the song Yo. is Scope Set. We're just, we're just going to end it off with some heavy, heavy shit. Yeah, real fast. Name of the song is Scope Set. I love yeah, Suicide yeah. Boys so much. They just... They, they got that, that drill vibe. It's just a certain level of, you know... I just need some ignorant just to forget about. Uh, really you know. the palette. Yeah, facts. Yeah, yes, yes, I'm saying. And you know, Suicide Boys have the some of the nastiest instrumentals around too. Yeah, it's like the sorbet of the music world. Sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorbet's a palate cleanser. Is it really? Yeah. You know, I never really thought about it like that. Guess it is. Yeah, a good lemon sorbet is like an intermezzo. It's great for a dinner. I guess there's like a nice little dressing on a salad. Uh, the lemon thing. The only thing. Yeah. thing I'm ever thinking of as a palate cleanser, I guess, would be like ginger, <laughs> like the ginger when you have sushi. Yeah, oh, that's you. Love ginger. Yes, no, ginger is quite sushi. good. Yeah, me too. Dude, that's why I said PF Chang's because no, they have like they have like sushi lights. I like to eat. <laughs> 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 
I'm going to. I'm definitely going to take that snippet out. Just that audio. <laughs> so I don't edit, but I edit. I like to eat. Oh no 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 no! I'm not taking it out of the show. I'm saying I'm oh. going to. Can you give it to me? Like, yes. When you do that, please. Oh yeah, I can it's, definitely. It's gonna do go that. in a couple songs. Mm-hmm. I got you. I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not what I said. Definitely said light. L I T E. But I'm glad that that was translated. No no, it definitely came out as I like to eat. That's good. Not really, but you know. No, we'll I mean we'll see when we cut it out. <laughs> yeah, you dad no. Okay, that's it. That's really all I have for Heat of the Week. Well, dude, thank you for uh, having me out. Thank you for coming, my friend. This is quite a good conversation. These are the things that I live for. Yeah, I agree. And then, yeah, you never know if I ever thank have you for an episode you want to need filled, let me know. Oof, most definitely. Always down to talk some more. Thank you for, you know, dealing with me as my whole world was crashing around me earlier as I tried to remember how to podcast. Hey. You you get to see a lot about people when their world's falling around. <laughs> this is very true, very so. true. Uh, if you have any Thank last you. words for the people at home, and if you again want to shout out, you know where people can find your shit one last time. Right. This is your moment. Pretty sir. much all social medias at Cosmic Anarchy. Um, final words, just taxation and stuff. Brett. All taxation and stuff. Brett. Shouts to BG also in the corner over here. Yeah, shouts to my beautiful girlfriend. Bubble guts. <laughs> <laughs> So they call me in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Is it now? <laughs> I, I don't know. I hope not. They see, they see you rolling up like, yo! Yo, Bubble Guts! What's, what's, what's good? Up? Someone's getting fucked. My G, Bubble Guts! What's good, bruh? Anyways, uh, shouts out to both of you for coming through. Much appreciated. Yeah, Indeed. You can follow me personally on Twitter at the Steez Trap and on Instagram at the Steez Trap. With all that good shit aside, we are out for today, y'all. Take care of each other out there. Much peace and love.